when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It's Friday, June 11th, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 320. I'm here. E3 is behind us in an alternate dimension. <laughs> Yesterday would have been the last day of E3. Uh, I'm your host, Austin Walker, and joining me today from our non-E3 uh, midweek whatever breakdown, uh, uh, Ricardo Contreras is here. As always, three. It's the first day of Fo three. Fo three. It's actually the. We're recording this on. I'd say. The second or third day of Fo three, I guess. Like I feel well, like. Well, Sony's conference usually concludes everything, right? That's yeah. true. So it would be would this be like day zero? Day zero of. of. <laughs> but we haven't had EA yet. We haven't had anything from Microsoft yet. We don't have Nintendo yet. Right. Nintendo is like, like day, day one. E three twenty twenty Forbidden ones. West. The Forbidden <laughs> West. The Forbidden <laughs> West. Uh, also, oh you hear the God. voice of Gita Jackson. Hello, I'm here. I'm Gita. And I think in a contemplative mood, stroking his beard like a, like an ancient sage, Rob Zachney. Hello, Rob, hello. thinking about where can I find the next Neil Druckmann profile to Oh, read. my fucking God. <laughs> you know that one? Hey, you know, keep talking. Don't. We don't have time. I just wanted to. <laughs> Fuck. You know, if you're that a press energy out there. and you're on a press tour yeah. and you hear someone saying something like, so I saw this lynching this one time. Just let him keep going. <sighs> yes, just just lean back. Crack that beer open. Legit <laughs> almost spit, had a spit take with beer, which would have been incredible. Which was, well, it, it immediately made me think of the, I saw something going on Twitter a day or two ago that was like uh, one of those conservative shitbags, Matt Walsh, that uh, said like, so slavery was bad, but. Um, <laughs> Nothing good comes after that, but <laughs> it's unbelievable. Anyway, we'll talk about Last of Us Two a little later in the show. <laughs> uh, but to kick things off, we're going to talk about today's PlayStation Five game reveal event. Obviously, the PS Five itself had had been revealed in, in lesser form previous. Had been announced in lesser form previously. Um, there was that Mark Cerny uh, talk. There was. There was some other feature at some the, point, the right? Two wired pieces, right? The wired pieces. Um, but uh, uh, today they they did like a little over an hour uh, of kind of just game trailer after game trailer. They revealed the box. They showed what the console looks like. No price. No launch date. Mm-hmm. Uh, a range of games that were either un uh, uh, with dates unannounced, with twenty twenty one dates, twenty twenty two dates, and then and then some holiday twenty twenty stuff. I think mixed in there. Um, I think it's fair to say that we got a, a, a the sort of event that I think a lot of people talk about wanting from their E3 game events. Just show us games. It was 70 minutes, I'd say, of a bunch of different games. I've written the full list down here, and I know that y'all put up a post on the site collecting everything. So if you missed anything, you can go to waypoint.vice.com and go look up 
all of the trailers and stuff there. But at a high level, I'm just curious how people felt about that event when it was all said and done. Does anyone have a really strong feeling about it? Or are we all just like, that I was mean, an event? Right? I was, think to, yeah. to your hmm. point about show us the games, I think mm -hmm. a lot of us have said that at times. And so Sony did just show <laughs> us the games. Uh -huh. And it turns out I thought I wanted that. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. I'm not so sure anymore. Uh, you know, like you and I were talking a little bit about, you know, as we were building the post, like it was just kind of an aesthetic avalanche. Um, yes. but I couldn't, I like for at least the first half of that, uh, before they started bringing out the, the, the heavyweights at the end for a good portion of that, I was just like, okay, but what do you do? What, what is this? What, what's it about? And yeah. I couldn't fathom it. I was floundering for about half an hour, really just drowning in game trailers, not really getting anything. I felt like I could just sink my teeth into I was like, I felt like there was a, a a small moment of respite when they dug into the Ratchet and Clank and tried to show off the gameplay, but it was such a breakneck pace, and there were so many that I feel like I, I, there's so many, and they all felt very familiar in a lot of ways. Like, not just familiar of, you know, video games all give you the same video game vibes, but like, familiar and like, they're bringing back really, really old shit, <laughs> and like, really, really pandering towards a particular kind of audience, it felt like at times. Like, people who really vibe with old-school PlayStation games, which is, like, a thing that's coming back around. Nostalgia for that er those eras are coming back. But it left me feeling like it was very out of touch with the spirit of the times. It left me feeling like a lot of this was planned way before any of this shit happened. <laughs> and now the vibe just feels mad weird. Mm. I definitely, I, I thought I would be the person here with the biggest bummer vibe uh, and, and the most the most kind of general disinterest. The thing that, that I have to admit to myself about an event like this is I think it was successful at what it, what it was trying to do, which was to get the people who were excited about just what are the new games that are coming? Uh, what, what does the new hardware look like? Let me see what that looks like in action. Uh, and much less for someone like me who generally likes to see systems interact, who generally likes to see substantive gameplay portions. Uh, and, and it's like, I want to hold that part of my negative response separate from the sort of industry analysis response. My guess is that this will show that th that will have shown well to a huge amount of people. But maybe mm -hmm. I'm I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong with that, Patrick. Well, in in normal eighty three, it would be we'd watch this and then you'd go right. see that lengthy presentation at some appointment, and then there would be a YouTube video that's like here's six minutes from the game with a developer breaking down like a, a vertical slice. I think the thing that was missing for for me here, and I think it's them holding back, not because it doesn't exist. Um, is often what's exciting about a new console is the chance for like new worlds, new ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of this was a very familiar, um, even if it was slick looking versions of familiar things. Um, you kept waiting for what's, what's, what's the brand new thing that I was, you know, that the reason you wait to, to do this at the start of a new generation is so you can make two or three sequels to it <laughs> over the course of six mm -hmm. or seven years. Um, and there just really wasn't, much of that outside of, you know, maybe the, the Capcom game that for a while I was like, yo, is this a Vanquish 2? Um, and it wasn't, um, but definitely had some Vanquish vibes. Pragmata, is that? Yeah, Pragmata. Yeah, Pragmata. Um, but again, like, I don't know what that game is, right? Like, and I can, I can, I can 
shower myself in vibes anytime. This is it's 2020. I can go on YouTube and be like, yo, show me some concept art. Show me show me some cool CG shit. The, show the, me some the, short the games that showed gameplay were like some of the like you know, it was the, the house mark game, which yes. didn't look particularly interesting. Uh what's that um, game called? That game is called Returnal. Oh, oh my god. Name. <laughs> that, I, was, I, I did bark out a, an unwilling laugh at the name Returnal. For some reason, it just reads like re- read immediately in my brain as uh-huh. no, never mind. It no, just, go ahead. It, you know, it mm-hmm. was, it just, I feel like I'm a little bit dyslexic, and some of those letters got mixed around when I was reading I it for the first time. So, uh, I think the housework thing is a really interesting thing for. In general, maybe here's the thing worth saying is I think there's a lot of small stories or small like you can do the Olympic style profile, uh, like seven minute profile vid on each of these games. Like, what's the story behind these things? So for for Returnal, a game with a name I don't like very much, the story for Housemark is this is the studio behind things like Super Stardust and Resogun. Uh, what was that one uh, next oh, Machina had, or the, something the red and last blue year? Color scheme. Yeah, um, they do lots of very arcadey direct yes. games where the, there's no there is no vibe besides like electric light and energy and and lasers uh and they said last year that basically that is it, does, it doesn't work they they can't hit the audiences that they want to they're going to move away from the pure arcadiness and try to find a different vibe um and what they found was something that to me evoked um did any of you play the game echo a couple of years ago a third person stealth action kind of dark I remember sci-fi it, I, it. Okay. I remember this uh, it has that vibe like... and then and then the action starts and it's absolutely a housemark game you're <laughs> shooting wild crazy you know purple and green and blue lasers and there's clearly a bunch of different guns and that's a really weird mix of like very arcadey weaponry and and combat encounters from what you could see with this very serious kind of grim dark sci-fi uh live die repeat-esque looping thing do we have two or three games with loops in them today was there only two death because death loop is the other one for sure yeah yeah they, they didn't show that like top down is that another Annapurna one? That uh, the, the one, top down one, like uh, ten seconds or ten yeah, yeah, yeah. minutes. That, yeah, no, this was this. Yeah, this was a different game. Although I thought I thought it was just that game pushed to next gen. The mm-hmm. the, uh, the moment that trailer um, um, started. Do we want to go down the list here, or do we want to just go around the cert the table and pull some stuff out that we want to talk about? We could probably go through like the first half pretty quickly. I think so too. Through the yeah. list. Because yeah. what we opened on was a cube. We opened on a cube <laughs> with buttons inside. The the recurring thing all through this presser was it's not even a presser, but you know what I mean. Uh, was was showing the PlayStation symbols, showing the the triangle, square, circle, and X. And I really wanted a fifth symbol to come out at the end. PlayStation <laughs> Five. Finally, we get a fifth face button. It's a star. Uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> Um, and then they opened, opened with a trailer for GTA 4 or GTA 5, mm-hmm. yeah. which they're going to sell you again next year. Not even this year, not even end of the end of 2020, 2021, that'll come out on PS5. And I guess I, it didn't, it didn't explicitly say we'll sell you this again, but it did say GTA online would be free to PS5 owners, which to me says, if you want to play that campaign, you're paying us money again. Yeah. yeah. GTA is thoroughly like in its late career. GTA 5 is thoroughly in like its late career arena show stage uh-huh. where it's just like, <laughs> oh shit, it's at Rosemont and tickets are only how much? I'll go. Uh, that is very much like everyone loves it. Who doesn't love GTA 5? Uh, have you played it before? Do you know it by heart yes to everything but now you can play it here and 
that's good. Very weird to open up with that. Um, uh, and then uh, then after that, uh, actually exciting to me somewhat is the Spider-Man Miles Morales game, which uh, uh, Evan... Are we sure that's a full game? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, the dagger. What? Ooh, Patrick Clepin. Oh. That's I'm, I, I'm just saying it takes a long time to build these games. Mm-hmm. That would be relatively a quick turnaround. Two um, years, right? For for a, a game of that scale mm. um all i'm all i'm suggesting is i the fact that they were saying holiday 2020 which like genuinely surprised me it as, shocked as, me yeah um yeah and also seems like a game that like see in march 2021 um 100%. is uh that maybe it's a bridge game right like you know everything about the original spider-man by the end suggested a game where you would be splitting between peter parker and miles morales and it'd be the like sort of a, a mentor sort of relationship between the two. And I, and I do wonder if the ex, this is sort of like a bridge game. Where it's, I'm not saying it's going to be two hours, but no, something a little it. more I modest that basically sets up all the events of like the big Spider-Man sequel, you know, that comes also, maybe another Spider-Man could have been shorter. Spider-Man could have been like, short. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what? Miles <laughs> being in the bring more witches of Spider-Man. I'm like, that's not bad. That's probably the right scale. Yeah. I mean, yeah. most games could be shorter. So you know mm. I mean? just, <laughs> yes, Oh, shit, Rob. God. The, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm... What if the What if the open world were condensed to something like levels, oh. where you do cool things, but don't necessarily have a lot of filler to bother with? Mm, you say that, but I've been continuing to play The Order 1886, and let me tell you, that game has levels and a lot of bullshit filler. We'll, we'll come back on that on Monday. Um... <laughs> The uh, <laughs> Ross Rob throwing markers down. Yeah, Just, boom. We'll be back here. I forgot ready. about you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the, the docs chapter just goes and goes. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think you're right. There's a chance that maybe that's a shorter experience. Maybe that's like a little bit of Brooklyn instead of just Manhattan and then and then a more focused experience. Um, I will say if I didn't know Evan was on that project, I would be less excited for it, especially in the current moment. Uh, you know, I'm still not sure that it will handle blackness in, in a way that I'm particularly happy with. We'll also, see. Peter Parker's relationship to the cops in the first game feels even stranger now. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, wowee. Wowie zowie. He just really wants yeah. a badge. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, and specifically. Look, Peter Parker out here just installing, you know, Master powers violence. that are going to yeah. just spy on people in the city and just, um, that's in a collectible. Uh, Peter, we saw somebody exercising the First Amendment rights. Can you follow them through across rooftops and find out where they live? Absolutely, Officer Krupski. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. All right, next up, Fucking after... Patrick's after... literally ruining one of the few moments of joy. <laughs> I know. I, you know what, look, I, you know, Evan is a, is a cog in a larger machine, yes. um, mm-hmm. but I think... Uh, He's more than I, that, I would too, ho- but but... I would, I would hope. Yes. I would hope that that game would would you know who you know the level at which it can address it. I don't know, but it seems it would it would seem weird to make that game and not have that be not necessarily like the it, it, entire thematic trapping, but to to avoid that topic entirely would be yeah uh, strange. It'd be a big misstep, and it would be a, yeah. it's a great reminder that you can have. Going into it, it, it's important to remember that you can have really talented, diverse voices on a project without them necessarily being able to call the shots all the way. Right. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. Gita, it sounded like you may have had a little bit more there. Um. Well, I mean, it's 
it, it's just like sort of reminiscent of the, the broader problem with this whole thing is that it just does feel like a lot of these things are weird things to be talking about right now. Mm-hmm. I know it's a little different for the two of us. I mean, it's in like Hato, like just living in this city is a very intense experience right now. So it was difficult to take it seriously. You know, like it really, like, you know, marches have come down my street twice mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of actions happening all the time. And it's not like I'm trying to say, oh, video games don't matter. I'm trying to find a kernel of the current in what I am looking at. And what I see is a presentation that feels lifted outside of time. Right. Right. So I think to me, I think one of the things I definitely had this feeling in the first half when I was kind of like, what what is this presentation? I don't know. I'm probably overanalyzing it in light of current events, but it definitely did feel like there was a vibe here. PlayStation 5, let us return to a place of childlike innocence and play divorced from the world's problems. Like, there was a lot of Pixar-looking stuff here. Yeah. Uh, I remember at the time I was telling, saying you that there was a real whimsy vibe throughout, especially that first half, where it's light, lots of rounded edges and bright colors and, you know, a huge focus on Ratchet and Clank, which is more cartoony. And the sack boy is coming back. You know, yeah, it felt yeah. very not just nostalgic, but like really kind of diverting a huge minefield of political topics that are becoming more and more difficult to not talk about. <laughs> At the same time, no offense to Sumo Digital, but I don't know that I want them <laughs> trying to say anything with their Sackboy game about Black Lives Matter. Is that who's making that? I think that there was a Sumo Digital yeah. uh, wow, thing up top. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Listen, no, no, so, like, hey, that's hey, not, hey, that's hey. not meant to. I'm just saying, uh, I've liked when Media Molecule has done. I've often liked Media Molecule's. Uh, side projects more than their main stuff because there's so much of the focus on creation and that's just not my sure. thing. Sure. Like Tearaway is like such a deeply underrated game. Like fucking loved Tearaway. It was really great on the Vita. It's totally fine on um, the PS4. I think when, when I got ported to that or maybe there was PS3, but um, it, yeah. Here's so, my here's my pitch on Sumo Digital. Ready? Uh-huh. It's, they worked on Hitman 2, like genuinely did work on that game. Hmm. They worked on Snake Pass, which I know people liked. Uh, and the Sonic and and All Star Racing games are actually incredible games, uh, and the Disney Infinity games like I, they're not for me, but like they have experience doing platformer, like action platformer stuff. Yeah, there's looked, a world in which looked, they could do a, it. Looks totally stuff. fine. Yeah, totally. But that was more or less by take. It was like ah, this looks fine. Yeah, <clears throat> totally. Uh, before we get there though, Rob, how do you like those cars in Grand? Hey, you know what? I like those cars quite a bit, my friend. Let me tell you. <laughs> I was like, what could a Gran Turismo possibly say to like, what could it possibly do to catch my attention in uh, 2020 after Project Cars, after several good forces? I was like, this feels like pretty well trodden ground. And then I was like, hmm, those cars, though, those reflections. Uh, And then they and then they did something really smart, which is they gave us uh, several minutes of just in car racing. And it looked really freaking good. Uh, in terms of just the way the cars move, uh, the play of light. Like, as someone who really loves endurance racing, I was like, this looks like it's my kind of racing game. That being said, I don't think that I don't think that solves the problem of there are now like a half dozen really good high fidelity racing sims out there that are in rotation. Austin, you and I were just 
talking about um, Assetto Corsa the other day, right? Which is kind of starting to climb the ranks of serious Sims. And so, like, I think Forza ends up, not Forza, a Gran Turismo ends up in the, in the place of being, it is the car game for PlayStation diehards, right? It is the most car for the most PlayStation you can get. Uh, and, and that's the pitch. Uh, that being said, Cars do look nice. Yeah, I wrote down Gran Turismo car pretty. cars. That's all. That's the note. The cars look nice. <laughs> yep. They did. Also, Rob, I need I you to know. I will drive them. <laughs> I need you to know that you had extremely big sports night uh, cut man energy when you responded <laughs> to my question. That's just for us. Um, the next big thing uh, that Gita already just talked about was Ratchet and Clank. Uh, is it called Infinity? Is that the no. subtitle? A rift Apart. A Rift Apart. Why did I? Oh, I wrote Infinity because it looked, because it reminded me of. I don't know why I wrote Infinity there. The thing I wrote was Infinity Spider-Verse because it did remind me <laughs> of Enter the Spider-Verse with all of like the moving between different uh, Ratchet and Clank universes or planets. Uh, or it, do we think that's an AU where there is a Lady Ratchet? Is that is that what we think is happening there? I, yeah. I, I think it's Lady Ratchet. It, it seems like the featuring Lady Ratchet. Right. Right. Um, very but maybe colorful. it's also Spider Verse and that Ratchet is dead now, and we're in mm. the Lady Ratchet. We're in universe. the Lady Ratchet universe. Could be. Uh, are is anyone here a Ratchet and Clank person? Uh, yeah, those are, Which are one of those. The where... Clank. What? Clank. Clank. Come on. What? <laughs> ray tracing. I guess Ratchet. Not, not ray that. tracing. It's reflections, right? What's that? They were very excited that things could reflect off of Clank now at some point during that. <laughs> oh, is that true? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm not I mean, those sure guys are fi- what a ray tracing is, and at this point, I think it's too late to ask. <laughs> no, it's fair. <laughs> you might as well just yeah, don't look it up. Just, Gita, just I've got some videos saying- for you. Hold on. No, I don't just, need, no, I don't in need forty-five know. short minutes with Digital Foundry, I think you'll you'll <laughs> gain a new appreciation for the uh, te- technology. Why? Just do you declare wish a to thing a ray me? trace. Just oh assert God. it. Just like ah, the ray mm, the ray tracing on this ray one. Mwah, mm. I love it. <laughs> this is now this is sumptuous ray tracing. <laughs> if, you, if you give me a if you give me a ratchet like once every five years, like I'm good. And that's basically what they chose I was to saying, do. Isn't that yeah yeah uh, this time around? It'll be it's like it'll be fine. Like I thought it was strange that the first game that you got true gameplay for was that because it just. It didn't seem like the gameplay was like showing anything particularly meaningful. It's just like, yo, here's like two minutes of the game. And I was like, oh, are they just going to do this for everything? Where it's like, introduce game, get like a little slice. It's like, nah, only Ratchet. And that was like one of the only ones where you, you you know, it was one of like the first party games where you got like meaningful looks at like the UI and like what it's going to be like to hold the controller to play it. There was a thing there where it was like you're teleporting around, but the way that they visualize the teleportation, it looks like you're almost like grappling onto something in the distance Mm -hmm. and pulling it towards you, which is, which is like a neat effect. Um, And I know that the, the idea was showing that with all the different, so for people who didn't see that trailer, you're like on a, at the beginning, the ratchet and clank are on like a, I don't know if they're on a rail or on a ship or what, flying through different almost portals in between different universes. And it's like quickly loading in different assets. And I know that's supposed to be the same. It sounds like a game that was designed around the hard drive. That's exactly What is a way that we can show this hard drive off? And that whether you're doing it in real time, like like you're conjuring the ability to go between worlds, that it seems like that's going to be a huge part of like – the gimmick of of the game. I wrote Infinity because of Bioshock Infinity. That's or Infinite. That's why I wrote oh, Infinite. That's right. why because it's your opening yes. portals to other portals. dimensions. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now you're thinking with Portal. I um, oh boy. There were several moments during this trailer where I was like, "What? 
is happening on the screen. I cannot see things because there are too many explosions and effects going off. And it's a, a thing about this kind of like uh, cartoony, more simplistic design where like it, it feels like they have extra power left over to render mm-hmm. other things in much higher definition. And it like feels like one, it feels off with like how cartoony it's supposed to be. But two, it like sometimes I feel like it goes overboard into like, this is no longer legible. Like there's too much information on the fucking screen and I don't need like half of it. It was very difficult to figure out where on the screen I was supposed to be looking and how to follow the action. Yeah. I have to say, I, I, my brain just interpreted it as a huge mass of very pretty colors, but it was not very clear to me what was happening. Which is kind yeah. of counter to the whole point of like cartoony aesthetics anyways. It's supposed to be simpler and easier to read. And they've kind of like, it feel like they're like on the line of muddying that some uh, a bit. Not Ratchet and Clank though. Like that's Ratchet and Clank has like starting with the like the PS4 and PS3 entries like very much leans into we're gonna like this is a game where everything that you're hitting or exploding creates like a thousand little pieces that go all over the screen uh-huh. for you to collect. Like it's a game about overwhelmed senses. Like that's like a huge. You know, I mean, whether that's like distracting or not, like that that is in line with the ratchet aesthetic. Right. Right. Fair enough. Um, I'm just going to plant one of his kids in front of that game and be like, dad is a child. I got to go. Dad, he's got a podcast. <laughs> Look at all the colors. Um, the next thing was Project Athia, which is a Square Enix thing. Um, um, Gary Witta collaboration. I'm I okay, wait is sure. it is that what Gary yeah was he's uh, huh. yeah he's, he said he led some sort of writer's room so I don't know okay. that he's like writing the game as much as like came up with like a you know like a world bible or something like that to, for, to the anime likers in the room I have to tell you that what I wrote down for Project Athia I have to <laughs> double check that is what it was was uh Square Enix Isekai yeah, uh-huh. Sure. Am I fucking wrong? I can see it. I yeah. can see it. Yeah. That's funny because what I wrote down was Project Alita, and that was just a typo, but still. Project Alita, that's right. Um, I, I want that game. Give me that shit. That would be great. My, yeah. my thought here is actually way more grounded in uh, the history of Luminous Productions, which is who gets a credit on this, uh, which I believe is just a sub-studio inside of Square, um, and previous next-gen videos they've put out. Does anyone remember Agni Philosophy, the Agni Philosophy video? Uh, well, this is this is back when they were doing their luminous engine that was going to power like all their games for like correct a, the next twenty years, and yes. then they went, oh no, what if we just got Unreal Engine? Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, so so that engine is called Luminous Engine. Yeah, uh, the name of the studio is Luminous Studio. That was like a witch doing some shit. Then there was a follow up called. That was a cool. That was a cool little. That was a cool. Bit. Yeah, it was. Then there was a thing called Witch Chapter Zero Bracket Cry. Close bracket, love you, Square Enix. Um, and uh, and my thought is like, is this did they finally take that shit and turn it into a? Pro- are they doing that game as a game now? Finally, instead of just uh, <laughs> they just came to Gary Wood and said, watch these, yeah. like sizzle reels, and then can you come up with a world? Can you come up is with a world a around this? Is there a game in this? Let is, us know. Please we'll let us know. We'd love to figure out if there <laughs> yeah. were a game in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, well, we'll see. We'll see. There's who knows that that didn't have a date on it either, right? So yeah. again, 20, really quick, 2022. Gran Turismo did that have a date? No. Okay, Ratchet and Clank no date. Um, Ratchet and Clank, my guess, I it didn't have a date, but I, that seems like a launch game would be 
Yeah, I'm just sitting on that because it'll be like a nice surprise in August. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Um, the next one. How do you feel about cats? How do you feel oh about God. cyberpunk dystopias? They make me feel like shit. I respect that people love wow. cats. Wow. They mean to you? Um, like shit? I'm allergic. Listen, okay, people uh, are okay. allergic. It's that's fine. Fair. That's it's fine. fine. Yeah, that's not a... That's I fine. thought you just it's like no hated judgment. them so deeply that you felt bad. I mean, I do. Oh, you're like, a Paris fan? I, <laughs> I can't its claws. It starts licking its claws. How's that working out for you, Patrick? Listen, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I just have to say... Uh, I know when I I get got right that that <laughs> shit got me okay yeah. I got got okay when I looked at my own actual cat and she was watching the trailer with me I was like I'm got this is it I, I love, love the game now yeah. I love cats <laughs> and I love little little robots expressions I just the love robots everyone are good. the premise seems <laughs> to be all of the it? humans are dead. Um, yep. <laughs> Sorry to bring it down real quick. <laughs> Feels, uh, yeah, sounds really no, good sounds though. At this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's a dy- dystopian cyberpunk city filled with robot people, and you play a cat who gets to walk around the, the world. I don't know who makes Cat's it. Cat's got a little it? backpack. It's an Annapurna one. Another one. But they Annapurna just published Bay Twelve. Oh, Bay Twelve. They did. What do they do? They they and they played something for Bay Twelve. Well, it can't be, wait, that can't be Bay 12. No, Bay that can't 12 be Bay 12. Is, that's Dwarf Fortress. That's Dwarf Fortress. It's there definitely not Bay 12. It, and there was B a number. 12. Blue B 12. Blue 12. Blue 12. Okay. I was like, Bay 12. That's, <laughs> that sounds great. That would be a chill thing for them to reveal if they, the search <laughs> they've been doing, you know? They're like, we didn't put any graphics in Dwarf Fortress because we were saving them all for this game. <laughs> we had only all graphics in this game. This game's only graphics. Dwarf Fortress is no graphics. God. If you search so, blue 12, you just get Air Jordan 12 retro French blue um, shoes. What are they going for? So, yeah. Um, what is Flight Club? Is this a place where people oh, we sell can't go down. shoes? We can't go um, down. Oh, my God. What if Patrick becomes like a sneakerhead? A sneakerhead? Please. Yo, I, Look, I would love this fatherhood turn Patrick's of an age. Yeah, Patrick's of an age. And like with I the two kids, like there is high guy potential in Patrick's life. He knows John Drake. And slowly. we know that John Drake is a big sneakerhead. You have an in. You would get into sneakers. We could the make floor, this happen. The floor of this shoe is because it depends on the size that you want to get, yes. which is interesting. I didn't I didn't know that much about yes, sneaker culture, but it makes sense that the size would like the prices would vary based on like the commonality mm-hmm. of the size. Mm-hmm. So you want like a seven. If you want like a size eighteen, you're looking at three hundred and twenty. If okay. you're looking at uh, size seven and a half, you're looking at a, at a five sixty five. I couldn't be. I don't know if I could be a sneakerhead because I have extremely wide feet, which means I usually have to like try six different versions of a shoe. To oh, figure out wow. if it's gonna fit, so yeah. that's why I like buy yeah. one shoe and then just wear it out, and then just yeah. buy a new shoe yeah, <laughs> because it's such a pain in the ass. On five different Jordans just to see which one fits, right? Oh, but, but yeah, well, well, the well, you don't world. wear them. They're not yeah. for wearing. Yeah, you wear them. Yeah, that's exactly. True. Welcome to the that's world of wearing true. uncomfortable shoes once and then dealing with it because you look fly and then moving on with your life. Like that's then you gotta being like being a woman, a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, two hundred bucks on a pair of shoes for Fashion Week that I've worn one time. You know what? They're hot shoes. I thought I would be going to the office more this summer. (laughs) I like the idea though. My my wife gets all the like notifications from the credit card as push notifications. I turn that off because it would stress me out. But she likes to track all that stuff in her head. So I like the idea of like, can I just purchase this so it gets like sent to the credit card and then I'll cancel it immediately? But I want like a push to go through that's like. 565 purchase 
flight club Air Jordans <laughs> that goes to her. Get yourself some Jordan ones. Please send us what you think. If you are in sneaker culture, please send us what what sneakers you think Patrick should be wearing. You don't need okay. to give me the whole fit, but just like. We, yeah. could, we could, in our minds, build something. You know what Patrick wears. Like, buy him yeah. a shoe. Find him a shoe. Don't buy him a shoe. Patrick can buy his own fucking shoes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you got the numbers now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's true. Oh. Why would you buy me a fucking uh, shoe? Damn, get him. <laughs> um... Just getting all so, love and light in this podcast today. But actually that leads at least I know what I'm getting at everyone for Christmas is just <laughs> shoes. Just let me know. Seven and a half men's Air Jordans. Respect, irrespective of what kind of shoe we wear. <laughs> I like I like the idea of, of Patrick like going going around the vice office like Don Corleone at Christmas, right? And just like giving people like a turkey Incredible. and like a slipping <laughs> little cash uh, alongside it too. Please. Uh, but that actually does lead us back to just one thing about Stray. Yeah. Uh, cat totally cute love the cat um but also it very much is a game of like what if all the bleak aesthetics of modern life with its income uh inequality uh precarious populations uh what if all of that is the backdrop for the game and you're exploring it and bearing witness to it but it's cute little robots with little, little Apple IIe heads uh, mm-hmm. instead of people. And I don't know. It's just like it, it's a great looking game. Like I love the look of it. But also it does seem like it is what is the harmless cute aesthetic I can put on the thing I want to talk about. And that's that's valid. Like that's, that's a fine approach. But also uh, to what end? Mm-hmm. Uh, from the uh, website, it's clear. It is a third person cat adventure game. Yes. Set amidst click click um click this video that I Ooh, that I just shared. Would you, you send me? Ooh. So this this ah. game used to be called something called HK Project. Okay, Hong Kong um, Project. Hunter Killer. One assumes. Yeah, Hunter Killer. Obviously, it's cat. It's cat. The cat is here as a killer. The idea Who do you, of okay, being hey. a cat in a big city, regardless of the time, the time and place. Who do you think killed the people? Sounds great. Who do you think? Why do you think oh there's no humans? Oh my god! The cat. All the fucking cops. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe this cat is a cop. Damn. No, don't cancel the cat. This can't be canceled. <laughs> oh no, it's a good looking cat. I, I, yeah. So, so third person. <laughs> great cat right what a, it's a great cat. a great cat. Takes a pet like no problem. Um, uh, eventually, you get a robot. You get a, a small flying drone known only as B twelve. So, you know, you're trying to get drone. out of the city. Ella would attack and destroy that thing. You can't put a flying object <laughs> no. near a cat. They'll kill it. Um, but this is this a cat I'd, that wears a, ba- a backpack, so this this cat's you know different. <laughs> this cat's different. <laughs> this cat Ella, is not but... regular, okay? <laughs> <God>. <laughs> no, I just think yeah, the base concept is good. I don't know that it needs to be in a dystopian robot future, but I I like not having to think about human beings at this moment in time, right? It does feel nice to imagine a world without people, but there is sort of that weird disconnect. Like, why do the robots just decide to replicate all of the issues of humanity? Y'all gotta play near. <laughs> um, my dude, I have played near. <laughs> no, I no like the. I want to play the original near. Like, no. come on, let's go. Where's that? Re- where's that, that that's remaster? Happening, right? Isn't that happening? Right? Yeah. Isn't what, or they're not calling it a remaster, right? What they're calling it something very specific. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, they are. An they reject. They reject the remaster term. It's called Near Replicant Version One Point Two Two Four Seven Four Four Eight Seven One Three Nine. Yep. That sounds, oh, and so you're going to be it. playing as the Bishonin <laughs> brother as opposed to the Grimdark dad. Uh, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
Um, I, we already talked about the next game, which is Returnal. Uh, we already talked a little yeah, bit about Sackboy. The, the controller and its haptic feedback. Oh, uh, yeah, you know what? I did skip it. I did skip <laughs> the dual sense controller. They'd already put details out on that. It was already That's in that true. blog post. Yeah. Haptic feedback, built-in mic, built-in speaker. That's just rumble, right? That's just rumble? It's special rumble. It's, Speci- it's like HD Man, it's rumble. Special rumble. HD rumble, if you will. Yeah. It has HD rumble and 3D sound, babies. I'm enjoying the grudging retreat from the DualShock design toward the Xbox control. Like, it is very <laughs> Love much it, the, because like, fuck the DualShock design. Just fuck a decade that, no. of not invented here prejudice slowly giving way to reality where it's like, people hate this fucking controller. I'm so uncomfortable to get your thumbs on those analogs. Let Kato have... be nice. Let's let Kato do the defense. I No, yeah, I literally have figured out how to make my... DualShock 4 work on all my PC games because I fucking hate how the fucking analog sticks are off. It feels unnatural to me on the Xbox controller to have one of my thumbs up and the other thumb down when I'm using two sticks. That's it. I don't know. I fucking like the other controller. Kind of like put out this like really strong like hell yeah and then like waiting for like, like a, a fucking like a call and response from the, the from the audience and it was just crickets. Was this is why Kata wanted this is why Kata wanted the stream. He wanted to know he knew. <laughs> You should create like a YouTube series where you explain how like there are classical proportions that celebrate the Western heritage with the DualShock Four. God. Uh, but then, you have, like, like the modernist of- Xbox controller, <laughs> mm, what's that about? Do you have a pair of calipers that you could use to measure the distance Fuck. between the analog sticks or something? Throwing dark, Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God! All now right. this is what I call the golden controller ratio. <laughs> yeah. See how the thumbs are even. Ergonomics is a real science. It's just, you know, this is modern art with Simon Shama, but just Kado and video game controllers. Kado is just on eBay buying like 60 DualShock controllers to just like, Bluetooth will exist forever. Reconnect it. The universal standard. Um, We can keep moving. It looks like marble. God. That would, yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, Returnal. Sackboy, a big adventure. Sackboy, we didn't really explain what it was, but it's just like uh, it's just a 3D platformer, multiplayer 3D platformer. It looked like um, made by Sumo Digital that uses Sackboy and does not seem to have any level creation stuff, as far as we can tell. Uh, I kept waiting to be like, and it was made in dreams, and it was not made in dreams. <laughs> um, no, it was just made regular kind. Yeah, <laughs> they, they yeah. just forced Sumo Digital to make it in dreams. That would have been uh, so good. I would fucking loved rocked. it to be honest. <laughs> Love that. Um, next up, destruction, all stars, all stars, one word, one word, camel case. Don't know how I feel about that decision, but I think this game looks what like it looks all right. I don't, you know, it's a destruction derby. You got cartoony characters. I'm going to play cars. it through again. Cars, you this can is fuck the up. Stuff, this is the kind of stuff I would have loved to see more of, right? Because this seems like it's something that that is speaking to gamers and what they need right this moment, which is like, honestly, we all need new party games right now. We're playing a lot of party games, and True. this seems like a lot of fun. Just like you're chilling in the Discord group, like voice chat, yeah. and someone decides they want to explode cars for a while. For this a while. seems perfect. Yeah. Uh, my friend Kieran sent me this Keita Takahashi quote. Uh, basically, my friend Kieran is very excited about everything here, and I was very much like, I don't, what am I doing with any of this? Very much the Rob, like, until I know what my verbs are, what the fuck do I care? Um, and the quote from Keita Takahashi was something like, a game doesn't have to be good or important, it just has to be fun. And my thing is, like, most of the games I saw today 
I didn't see enough to know if I was going to be having fun. This, mm-hmm. I can imagine myself having fun with this. This looks like Rocket League meets, like Rocket League Battle Royale, which actually <laughs> yeah. sounds very cynical when I say it that way. Um, uh, but, but, you know, yeah, like you can immediately imagine the context in which you'll be playing this game. Exactly. Like you're, you're, where you derive joy and it's exactly. in destruction with other people. Yeah. You're zooming around these big open, this kind of big open destruction derby, like arena, slamming into other cars. And it looks like you can get knocked out of your car. Maybe your car can be destroyed and then you're just a person running around the arena. Oh, that Ma- sounds like so much fun. <laughs> Maybe until you get another car. I don't really know. I, I guess I'd have to. We'd have to play. We'd have to find out. This is the game that I most wish I was at an E3 to play. Right. Because you know that this would be would be there. You'd have a really good multiplayer match. It wouldn't be very intense. You wouldn't have to take a lot of notes. You wouldn't have like a long interview. It would just be like a thirty minute session where you sit down in an air conditioned room and you get to play a game against some journalist you haven't seen in a year. You're like, oh yo, it's it's Mike. Hey Mike, how you doing? Let's. Oh yeah, I got you. And that's a fun experience. And mm-hmm. for that reason, I missed E three this year. Um, any other thoughts on this? I'm gonna keep keep on moving. I'm, Let's keep it moving. It's been so oh, long. Oh, Well, I was just going to say, it's been so long since I've been able to destroy a car. You know? And then I'm very Yeah, like only a few weeks. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just like, uh-huh. I don't know. Burnout 3 is my favorite burnout. And Fair. that's all I'm going to say about that, I guess. Oh, you don't have like a big, you don't have like a big monologue about Burnout 3 being the best one? The way <laughs> no, you did you with control. The cars go no. crush good. <laughs> The cars go crash good, and that's all you need to know. Okay? Yeah. Um, uh, there is a moment in this <laughs> crash go burr. Uh, there is Austin, a moment. No, you have to know what the verbs are. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, the the there is a moment in this trailer where a car grows a big blade somehow and cuts another car half in half, and that's sick. So. Uh, the next thing is a new game by a studio that primarily, it seems like, previously did animation and film work called Ember Lab. It's called Kenna uh, Bridge of Spirits or Kena, K-E-N-A, Bridge of Spirits, um, which has some like Pikmin vibes. Mm. There's like a young girl meditating in the forest near some shrines. There are these little kind of like black soot creatures. Uh, they're not soot creatures, but they have that vibe. Um, and then she has like a staff and a magic bow and she's running around and using them to help attack things and solve puzzles and, you know, bring life back to the forest. It has a very strong like Kubo vibe to me. Um, uh, I don't know if anyone else caught that or any other, any other inspiration. And it's, um, pi- it's Pixar look at ass, you know, yeah. like, I, I think of the Pixar look at ass game. So this is the one that most successfully aped the aesthetic for sure. Yeah. Um, it looked a lot like you were playing an animated movie, which will appeal to a lot of people. Yeah. I'm There's on the fence, but I work think to me, you know, yeah, like, also kind of dragon stuff. Yeah, I think that they they've managed to nail the aesthetics so accurately that I'm willing to see what happens when you play the game, you know, yeah. but. It, you know, it's it's it'll some people will find this game pretty fun. Yeah. Waka waka. Waka waka. <laughs> I was I Mrs. Trey, I was cleaning up poop. Uh, you should look oh, at okay. it. I'm sorry. Well, that's yeah, I'll link it for you. The Thank the you. I, I'm going to just read from the website and like this is going to sound like a drag. But um, <laughs> our portfolio includes character driven commercials and animated shorts for the Coca-Cola company, High Sense and Major League Baseball. Um, and it shows like that is the vibe. It feels like 
if one of these characters started drinking a Coke, I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, this looks like a long Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you will hunt and kill the polar bears in this game. Uh, you build your team, find and collect rot, which are, I guess, these little creatures, to gain powerful abilities, make discoveries, and transform the environment. Explore a forgotten village and a strange curse. Draw on power of the spirit realm to restore this once majestic world. And fast-paced combat. Spirits have become corrupt, trapped, and unable to move on, challenging Kenna at every turn. Uh, uh, it is an action-adventure game. It, it This, to me, feels like... Also, this specifically says PS4 and PS5. And I think it looks good, but it definitely didn't look like there's no way this could come out on a PS4 or on an Xbox, you know, one or whatever. Um, so, I, yeah, I I will say I'm very curious to see the degree to which it's aping kind of East Asian mythology and, and mm-hmm. vibes, um, given that I think it's uh, an American-made game. Mike and Josh Greer are the founders yeah. of this company. Um, they uh, did not find they can't two nail it, black but. developers to talk at this moment. I did notice that. And mm-hmm. there was sort of a presentation near the end emphasizing diversity which was interesting but uh mm-hmm. yeah i'm i've got some questions about the aesthetic of this game that i just i would like to learn more about it is what i'll say i'd love to learn some more yeah at some point at some point this game will be out and we'll get to we'll get to see it uh i you know there are there are of the games we saw here i was like okay yeah sure this is a new thing uh, and and that alone, I think, probably raises it a little bit above something like Ratchet and Clank for me, specifically because I just don't have that fondness of Ratchet and Clank. And going into something that's new is always going to excite me a little bit more. Um, goodbye, Volcano High. <laughs> are you? Are you? Oh, are we just skipping it? <laughs> no, that's the name of the game. <laughs> I know, Patrick. That's just I... the name of it. Wow. Dita, let's let's think about the rose and the thorn of this presentation. Uh huh. So the rose of this presentation, I think, is that it's wonderful to see um, a what looks like a very personal and like earnest story about growing up in one of these presentations, given a spotlight. They played the whole trailer and it was like a very cinematic trailer. Cartoonish Uh, dinosaurs going to high school. Yeah. Flirting and being sad. That's like, if you haven't seen the trailer, that's the vibe. Cartoons with... This one has a cool haircut. This one has tears in their eyes. One of them is in a band. You find yourself and all that stuff. See, the the thorn is the sense of weariness you're hearing in my voice, which is we've had oh. a lot of <laughs> a lot of games about teenagers fighting themselves, and I love that shit. Usually, it's just that they've only gone up, gone in one mode of teenage melodrama. It's only the '90s teen comedy mode. Where mm. one night changes everyone's lives forever. This is the can't hardly wait Empire Records model. Uh-huh. But there's a lot of different stories you can tell about teenagers. Not all of them even really include high school. And I just feel like I've, I've this also feels very familiar to me. I'm curious about it. I definitely have. I, again, it's like, well, what am I? What is the? What am I doing in this right. thing? Yeah. Um. Uh. Because is it a visual is novel? This, we don't know. Right. <laughs> right. Is this a visual novel? Is this an oxen so, free? Is this a? Totally. Maybe. I, I don't. It's. It, if so, I don't think co-op has done something like 
that before. Okay, I'm, I'm on the. I'm just on the Steam page because this is what I should have done to begin with. Uh, it is a narrative, cinematic narrative adventure about the beginning <laughs> of a love story and the end of an era. Also, is this going to end with the death of all the dinosaurs? Is that where this yep. goes? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, it, the meteor uh, is in the logo. One hundred percent. Meteor is in. You're right. It is. Are in you shitting me? I no, yeah. in the, in the logo. <laughs> oh, no. It's in the logo. Goodbye, so they're just literally high. doing the dinosaurs thing. Yeah, that's why. That's why I linked yeah. that video. I just watched an hour-long video from the YouTuber Jenny Nicholson about watching every single Land Before Time movie in order, and I feel like synchronicity has really happened for me. <laughs> All came together. Um, branching narrative lets you navigate through difficult choices with far-reaching consequences. Stunning hand-drawn art and character animations. Uh, a huge variety of cinematic mini games. Uh, okay, here's a little bit more clarity. Written using the storytelling engine that powers Heaven's Vault, 80 Days, and Sorcery, which does kind of start to fill in the type of narrative adventure game it would be. Um, and then and then original soundtrack composed by Dabu and featuring Montreal musician Bridget Nagar, who I don't know. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, it, it's explicitly a game about, about or it's explicitly a game with queer characters in it. I don't know if it's a game about queerness per se. Um. Uh. We'll see. I. I am. I would like to see more of it before before making any final, you know, decisions on that. Um. Any other thoughts there? All right. Uh. Odd World. Soul Storm. Yeah, those souls are storming. We got Abe fans in the house. Any Abe fans? They've shown that I- game before, so this wasn't. Oh, have anything. they? Did they? Did they, did no. they yes. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, this is, game's game. been announced for a while. I I like the aesthetic of these games a lot, yeah. but you know, it's it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Never that is true. Um, here's something that was not the thing I thought it would be. Ghostwire oh, to Tokyo. Say. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I did not expect it to look like. Um, does anyone know Breakdown, the first person brawler for like Xbox? The Xbox? Game. Yeah. What? Yes, original Xbox. Oh boy. This, uh, Namco Bandai game, yeah. right? Uh huh. Totally. Which also has a some game that people elements. famously sort of uh, credit as like having a lot of really inventive first person brawler mechanics that, like, one of the, like, like a, not quite uh, a Pixies joint where it's like, if you go back, this game <laughs> influenced a whole lot of things, but similar vibes of actually there was a lot going on here for like sort of a, what was otherwise an obscure Japanese uh, game Xbox, that didn't get a ton of just attention. Just for the Xbox, too. Like, that yeah. was not a, it was not like a, a wide-reaching PS2 game no, or something. Microsoft you know? bought that. It was like, could you make something? And Please. they're like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Dust off this prototype. Uh, anyway, it, it is that. It is a first person. Uh, so, people don't remember, Ghostwire Tokyo, what made huge waves last, was that last year? Yeah. Was that yeah. last year? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. When uh, it debuted at s- someone's event. I don't I'm not sure the game made huge waves. You're right. A, a very charming I creative director made a lot of waves. Did also. The trailer, the trailer did. was sick. Yeah. Trailer, yeah. It was hyped up, though, because it, didn't show, her... it, was, it was just a CG trailer. Like, it, sh- it was not. No, but the right vibe was. The game. Yes. The vibe was nice to the degree that I don't get hyped on vibes that often, but I was like, oh, yo, these vibes are good. Uh, Ikumi Nakamura was the did steal the show with the pitch. Um, and then today we we saw what gameplay looked like for this. So you can think about it broadly. The tone was like supernatural uh, Tokyo uh, cityscapes, very strange, um, you know, creatures, um, very evocative in in its presentation of the of horror elements, basically. Uh, and then today, what we saw was this is a first person action game where you yeah. are using like magic. Uh, you were like. 
Yeah, you're basically using jutsus in, in the Naruto uh, uh, slang. Basically, like, casting spells and, you know, using hand motions to summon uh, attacks or cut into enemies or create, you know, fireballs or whatever um, uh, in various... Uh, like Tokyo environments. Uh, the creature design is really on point. I think that the aesthetic is still really cool. Mm-hmm. I will say it I, It was hard for me to look at this and not go like, is this a VR game in a way that mm. kind of <laughs> stings? Like, and I don't, I don't know. It looks cool. I didn't, I, but, I, uh, I don't know. There, I, I've, I'm hoping it's a bad trailer because yeah. it, I, I got no, yeah, like my, my enthusiasm for it was pretty deflated. The last thing I want the, from cool creature design is just me slaughtering those cool creatures back to back to back. Right. I want to yeah. be creeped out. I want to feel like I'm in a, in a space that I'm not in immediate control yeah. over. Um, and this just feels like an action game where, Absolutely. you know, I don't know. The, that trailer, that trailer looked, the trailer last year looked so like core, like slanted that I just, when this came on screen, I did not. I was mm-hmm. like, what? This doesn't look like the same it's, game that was sold with that other trailer. Um, yeah, that vibe is gone. The vibe, the uh-huh. enigmatic quality of that original yeah. teaser. Once it sort of reveals itself to be like, well, just another video game, it loses what made it feel special. I it had there was a it felt like um there's a strong mystery component in that original yes. trailer, yeah. right? The um they did talk about during that presentation that it was a mystery. And that you would be uncovering secrets. And it feels like that emphasis has gone way away yeah. in this trailer. And the emphasis has been put on the action, which is not what interested me about the game at all. Totally. Like the soundtrack backs that up. The the entire like pacing of this of mm-hmm. this trailer. Uh, again, it, it feels like a shonen show versus feeling like a horror show. And that is a, a pretty big difference. Yeah. Like I, I would have loved a version of this that that lean and again who knows it could be a bad trailer these fights could be once every hour and the rest of it is like walking around interesting spaces and being creeped out um, that seems unlikely it does seem unlikely it extremely seems unlikely um oh well <laughs> you know we'll waka, see waka. 2021 on that so we'll find out next year um and that's not ps5 exclusive right that's everywhere presumably yeah okay. yeah um next up was a surprise to me a new mm-hmm. super brothers joint Jet the Far Shore, J E T T the Far Shore, which oh, from Valorant, yeah, Jet from Valorant gets on a spaceship. <laughs> um, what's gonna actually? Game? This actually, uh, I don't know, but I will say the its like appearance prompted. Uh, it's rare for a game to prompt like a uh, kind of an oh my god, but I adored Sword and Sorcery. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. So much for mostly its aesthetic and its soundtrack in particular. It's one of my favorite game soundtracks of all time. Um, I listen to it constantly, even to this day. Um, And like to remember where that game came in, like the it was a game that like emphasized being on the iPhone and iPad, and it was you know it was a uh, it's like oh we're a very serious game that's going to be on these platforms, and it was like a really cool moment um, where that game came out. And then the the main developer on that. Um, just sort of disappeared. Um, like the game did really well, made a bunch of money, and for what I understand, they like went to a cabin in the woods and just decided to like be chill. And like there was all indications that maybe they would never make anything again. And so uh, I don't know what this is. I don't know that I came away from the trailer going like hell yeah, right. except that I, I I like the fact that Super Brothers is choosing to come back and make that studio is making something else when 
by all accounts, they didn't probably made enough mo- enough money to not need to do that, <laughs> nor felt any rush to make something else. Makes me genuinely curious. Well, what what was the idea that brought you back to the table? Um, even right. if this trailer maybe didn't explain that to me because it doesn't really explain itself. Interstellar vibes in terms of music, yeah. Yeah. a spaceship traveling through space for hundreds of years, going to a water planet and. Uh, and also leaving people behind is kind of it opens with it's almost like first person walk past a bunch of people in cloaks and hats uh, as a person leaves on a, or goes to a spaceship and it almost has like insectoid qualities in some ways um, and then finally takes off and and flies up from this kind of the the hands of a temple almost it looks like into the sky and I, I don't know I'm curious I I it's a it's a team that I think. Um, could do really cool things with this kind of broad genre space of interstellar travel that takes hundreds of years. Uh, so we'll see. I, though also like, what is that? What is that team? Is that, is that the same people who work? I mean, on super Sword brothers was like, I, the... I like, I believe it was mostly just one okay. person like super brothers. Uh, I think it's Craig. I'm, I'm not trying to pull information from like 10 years ago, <laughs> but I believe super brothers is essentially one person. And then it was a collaboration with capybara games right. that helped, um, like like sword and sorcery was like i have this idea i want to make this i don't have resources to make a game game. and then cappy kind of stepped in to like facilitate um a lot of that so i I don't know this one isn't a collaboration with cappy and um they mentioned in the trailer that this the soundtrack isn't being done by jim guthrie who did the soundtrack to the to uh sword and sorcery so i don't know i'm curious like yeah it's been it's been more than 10 years since that game so uh which is kind of wild yeah agreed um, whew. this one was rough for me. Uh, Godfall. <laughs> the loudest possible song that they played, and they played the whole song, is what I just have to say about that trailer. <laughs> they did first. play the whole song. And it was a really bad song, and it was so much louder than the rest of the presentation. Is this I the- know, this is how I know I'm getting old, right? I just couldn't handle it. This is the looter slasher, right? The the sorry, yes. we have a term for yeah. this. A slusher. This is the Thing slusher. Oh, no. This is the slusher. Uh, I don't um, like uh, it. <laughs> yeah, this was like the first, quote unquote first PS5 game. Right. Yeah. They decided to be that. There's always every generation <laughs> there's there's somebody who goes first with a mediocre looking game. Um Listen, Dark Sector begat like, uh Warframe. Yes. And people like Warframe. Yes. So uh, um, third person action game. I think the character design is maybe redeemable. Is like has some cool like people with big animal <clears throat> like metal animal armor heads, and I, I think some of the creature design is fine. But like it looks like a third person action game that could have come out any time in the last five years in terms of just like what I don't know. I'm being very dismissive, and again, maybe if I picked it up, I would really love what it plays like. Um, yeah, I feel like. I, I don't want to be a bummer, right? I know people get really enthusiastic and excited. I know, like, I was in a group chat with a lot of my friends and saw them being exa- excited and enthusiastic because it's new shit. Mm-hmm. New shit meant to entertain you in a time when it's been very tense. But I feel like the momentum of just feeling bored really hit at exactly this trailer and it made it difficult to get excited for things. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking maybe this is also one where I think it may be a different a different song may have sold me on the mood of this game better, and instead it's yeah. almost as if the game didn't doesn't take itself particularly seriously. Not that it was like a jokey song, but it was like 
six-year-old bad rap rock. Like, <laughs> yes, it it again felt totally out of touch. Yeah, I felt like it was a trend that had already passed. Yeah, like I I it did not feel like anything that's speaking to this current moment right now, which is. Really, really essential when you're trying to sell something brand new that costs like five hundred dollars. Right. We also yeah yeah we have no idea what how much a PS4 is or PS5 is going to cost. So, mm. um I, yeah I yeah I don't know that guy's a laser whip that seemed cool I guess um, for a game that has sold itself as a looter slasher a slusher uh, okay. I would have definitely expected a little bit more clarity even on just like okay what's that what's that mean like. Is this Diablo style weapons? Like, what is what is happening here? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think another touchstone is it definitely looks like what if we made an Infinity Blade game, but like, yeah, open more. It so. definitely has that aesthetic. Totally. Um, let's say we do one more and take a break. Sure. Sounds good. Heart Machine is back. Hyperlight Drifters Heart Machine is back with uh, Solar Ash, uh, which. I don't know if it's a sequel or set in the same world, but there's definitely some crossover. Yeah, in the aesthetic, you, there, you're definitely 100%. playing as like uh, like a red cloaked figure who has like similar like neon blue elements, and um, in this case, seems to be rollerblading around an otherworldly environment. Um, did this did this hit for anybody? Does this is anyone like yeah, yeah? It's I mean, hard. I, yeah, I, I like that last game. I love. Har- I love. I'm, I'm sure. I'll, yeah. Um, but it, you know what I'm, it didn't show enough of like clearly movement mechanics are going to be huge in this. Like they, uh, <clears throat> there was slight, uh, allusions to kind of like skating and flying through the world in some way. And I, I want to see what that is because that, it seems like that's going to be a big yeah part of like the, the end of that trailer, you know, is a sort of like a cityscape and the implication and that, you know, the, the, the main character jumps down on some sort of creature. So you get the vibe that like, oh, like flying through some, some sort of like movement is going to be a huge part of it as it was in um, Hyper Light Drifter. Uh, and so absent seeing more of that, it's more like, yeah, of course, I'm going to be interested in what this studio makes next. But like, I'm, I'm just I'm just waiting to see more, I guess. Yeah, something about the the way that the the like little skating mov- movement and then also the how the whole world turns upside down gave me yeah. like. They're gonna. Are they trying to do some sort of like gravity rush esque thing where like direction changes are gonna be the whole like that could be cool. Which honestly, um, yeah, let's go. Like I like gravity rush a whole yeah. bunch. I miss <laughs> gravity rush. Give me another gravity rush game, or you know, this team specifically, I think could probably do some cool stuff there. Um, I think that the move from two D to three D is really tough, uh, but but we'll see. Twenty twenty one. So uh, so there's that. All right, let's take a quick five-minute break. When we come back, we'll pick up the rest of this show. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 
what do we call it? The three big ones you're saying are Demon Souls, oh, uh, Horizon, Resident Evil. and Resident Evil. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would think Man. so. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's that big. I, I'm excited for it. Deathloop? I, I want to talk Death about Loop. it. But are we yeah, I, I think you should also talk about that because yeah, I, I, I know you guys will go off you on that. You should talk about so. it too, Patrick. I, I'm ex- right, well. Let's, let's come back. That looks very dis- that looks like dishonored reject. Let's, um, let's wow. Move. wow! Wow! You well, now, we got, now we're back and we're talking you about we're saving <laughs> everything to jump to Deathloop. Wow! Patrick, we're back. <laughs> Holy what the shit. fuck, Patrick? <laughs> I was not. Patrick's Jeez, fired okay. now. Well, Patrick's off the pod. No, I'm just kidding. I love uh, you. I couldn't well, be well, to you. The way Patrick finally got canceled was to insult uh, an arcane project. Deathloop looks good. No, it looks it looks fun. It was just I was taken by how much the mechanics looked by like uh Dishonored to start. Right. Yes. You're, the thing is that you are correct, right? It, like when it when it jumped down, like I said Dishonored reject because it was like, oh wait, was this like a Dishonored prototype that they just went to go do something else with? Because like when it jumps down and stabs the dude, it's like that's just that's, that's just Corvo. the Dishonored that's animation. Emily. Yeah, I I will, I will definitely say my vibe on that game is, is a little bit like, hey, what if we found packaging for our games that will hit a wider audience than Space Station, melodrama, you know, immersive sim, or I agree. Industrial I think that's fantasy. Fair. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, we yeah, are going to um, go ahead. French New Wave, groovy 60s movie. Definitely. Yeah. Time is loop. More mainstream those other things. But time loop assassin, rival assassins stuck on an island, stuck on like, it's not quite the prisoner aesthetic, but it, it you could draw a line between the two. And that I'm happy with. Um, we're yeah. going to jump ahead a little bit because Patrick's time. Pa- Patrick is on borrowed time as a dad. Uh, which sounds like we're sending an assassin after him, which we're not. Though after what he just said about Arcane, I don't know. Uh, so we're gonna hit, we're gonna hit some of the. Honestly, this quor- this quarantine with two kids at home has felt like a death loop. Jesus Christ, quite fair. Uh, so we're going to the biggest game here, Bugs. No, we're not gonna. We'll talk about Bugs next after Patrick's gone. Uh, Resident Evil Eight Village, Resident Evil Eight Village. What a terrible what's name! It, what's Village. happening? What's talk to me about I Resident mean, Evil Eight? Uh, I don't know. Fucking I, I, Chris Redfield stone cold murked someone. <laughs> Shit! Like, what the fuck happened to Chris? I, he's been through uh, a lot. Right? Right? He was re- he was reintroduced in a in a DLC for seven, yeah. which I n- never played because I've I've put off doing it because I wanted that to be like my way back into seven before eight came out. Um, I don't know. I well, one I thought that trailer was terrible. Yeah. Um, it like had like Im- some striking images at times, but. I, like I, I don't. I didn't particularly like the way the game was presented. Um, it gives me some pause. My worry all along with them doing a sequel to Seven was that Seven was a a straight up horror game that had action elements and got very actiony in the back third of the the game, but it was very slow. And the arc of the Resident Evil games is to start slow. And then just realize, we should probably just start shooting more things. Like an SNL and like skit. the things should get bigger yeah. and they should be grosser. Um, that's just the way that that series has gone. And I, I was worried that they were, especially after Resident Evil 7 sold pretty well, but the Resident Evil 2 remake did like gangbusters. And I was worried that like their the react the reaction to that was like, oh, we should go more in the direction of all those games as much as I liked Resident Evil 2 um, and so I don't know it's it's hard for me to like tell too much about what's happening in Resident Evil mm-hmm. uh, 8 it seems like they're trying to do what if Resident Evil 4 was, but uh, but Resident Evil 7 yeah I was literally going to say it's the Resident Evil, Evil 4 of the like new modern era of Resident Evil <laughs> well inclu- including like start at a village go to a castle right. like, yeah. that, like that happens in RE4 and then and then th- you know there's the three 
uh, women who seem like three eccentric sisters or something like that that is very much in line with Resident Evil 4 is like, get to the castle, and there's just like a strange cast of characters yeah. that yeah. you that you come across. Um, you know, I'm glad it's first person. Like, I'm glad they're keeping that. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with it, you know. Um, but it was hard to tell too much from the, the trailer. I'm just worried it's going to be more... I, I read the PlayStation... Uh-oh. What? The PlayStation blog post. Hi. Uh, <laughs> that said an increased emphasis on... What's up, naked child? No clothes right now, huh? <laughs> Why not? Resident Evil, Resident Evil 8, uh, along with uh, my daughter, an increased emphasis on combat um, is, is, always a, is always a worry. Both your children already have an increased competency with the conflict on focus on combat i feel like um yeah i i think that there's like the the winter village castle vibe is kind of cool i I think that there's Mm. a degree to which if you spend a lot of time in that village getting to know a cast of characters who are creepy as shit and it's kind of like low-key intense for the first five hours or something or three hours i would be way into that um, I don't know that I trust that that's what that will be. Or the other thing of like, you know, the, the opening sequence of there's an old guy with a shotgun in the cabin with you. I think there is something there. There is definitely you could do the horror game that is you and an old dude in a cabin for an hour as creepy stuff happens all around you. I don't believe that's what we're going to get. Um, but see, I think this is all the, this is all like kind of found that trailer encouraging is I think some of its oddness is also that the trailer is really in love with the conceit that uh, the numerals for eight mm. will fit neatly into village. <laughs> like uh-huh. the trailer is really built around this whole notion that like Roman numeral eight yeah. village. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but I also did kind of like that. My fear was that they were going to really like center combat in this and that really wasn't what they appeared to be going for it just looked kind of weird right it looked like you're gonna go to a creepy fucked up small town and bad things are gonna happen and i'm like and werewolves i love it for werewolves resident evil werewolves yeah definitely i love going to small towns and having bad things happen Mm -hmm. that's usually what happens (laughs) in small towns yeah Um, i'm like the anti-john mellencamp (laughs) (laughs) god um Sorry, anti-John Mellencamp is very fun. It's like a very good, yeah. That's uh, my SoundCloud rap name, actually. Good, good. <laughs> um, the uh, Yeah, I'm curious about it. We'll, we'll see. Uh, it, was that dated? Did that is that coming out next year? This year? Probably next year. Uh, yeah, they said 2021. Okay. Um, uh, uh, da, da, da. Get my list back up. Other big stuff that we want to hit before Patrick gets pulled away. Um, <laughs> there's a child <laughs> on video. Hiding behind Patrick. Love it. Uh, uh, we're, we're getting it. We're getting the remake. We're getting the remaster. The question, Brie question mark uh, from Blue Point that we expected that we were pretty sure we would get. Um, we're getting Demon's Can Souls. I show Can I show you two screen? Can I show you? No, I reject I reject your tweet, uh, Kato. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Jessica has a question. Hi, Jessica. What? Jessica, hi. What is your question? Does, does this work? Does this work? Mm-hmm. Did you try pressing the buttons? Holding a game. It's a gamer. That's a gamer. That's a baby That's gamer. A gamer. Yep. It's not, not a baby, working? but a child gamer. Okay. Child gamer. Okay. You're child a baby gamer. For, you can- 
world premiere. Um, okay, hold on. Yes, so Kato, is, <laughs> Kato has sent this comparison between the, the big night boss from... The Tower Knight, uh, I believe. From Demon right? Soul. Yes. Yes. Um, now, I want to send this. I'm excited to see Right? It. So this is uh, Vanguard, yeah, which the is opening one of the, boss. the bosses in Demon's Souls. Yes. Right? You, this and then is... I want to send this. Uh-huh. Okay, that's a Ooh. bit of a clear demonstration of what changes have been made, right? In and the then first... I want to send this. Uh, okay. But what I really still. want is for this game to come out and for Patrick to tell me all about the lore. Just me just sit here Patrick's not playing it. That's not me. That's not that's, that's, me. that's yeah, you're talking the item descriptions. He doesn't do that. I do not. I I, I scroll right past and I was yeah. like, okay. what is the plus one? Um <laughs> Okay, Austin, you and me again. Oh, we're, we're doing it. Uh-huh. It's going to have to I be. Mean, I, if you're saying, what, do you want to do a podcast where we talk about the lore of Demon Souls? Yes. Then yes, of course. Mm. Of course. Of course we do. It's um, the only way I can engage with these I don't think Patrick knows the difference between. I, I, I don't think Patrick so knows evocative. who the old one is. So, I, you know, what are we going to do? Um, I, mean, I think yeah. that this is. Uh, so I was on the Bombcast two weeks ago talking about like algorithmic updates to games. Uh, I forget where this even came out. I think it was a Sony PlayStation. I think it was a PlayStation thing. I, maybe it wasn't a Microsoft thing. Someone was basically saying, oh, we have updates that uh, Jessica is just in Patrick's chair now, looking at the Aww. microphone, <clears throat> smiling up off. She's podcasting <laughs> she's now. She's podcasting now. Hi, um, Jessica. She's walking away. Oh, she's turning the chair. Um, I was explaining that... Uh, there's a degree to me that that from an archival perspective really hopes that as we go further and further down the road of remasters that we maintain that we we encourage these fucking companies to please do their best not to just plaster over the past and the aesthetics of the past and replace them i was specifically talking about and i don't remember the specifics of of what company said this uh, but there's like, oh, with our with our boost, we can add HDR to games that didn't previously have HDR. <clears throat> and for me, that's like, that's a pretty big artistic choice. Like, I get the reason they didn't before may have been we didn't have HDR, but mm. that HDR changes the the experience of playing a game in in an insign- in a not insignificant way in terms of what a space feels like, right? Um, yeah. uh, and so. For me, when I look at these comparisons, I, I recall the previous uh, Blue Point um, uh, remaster, which was the uh, Shadow of the Colossus one, which I personally think looks really good, but also understand why people were like, this does not look like what Shadow, this does not evoke to me what Shadow of the Colossus evoked to me. There are artistic differences here. I think the two images that Patrick just showed of the Vanguard uh, demon. Uh, R or just Vanguard um, explain that pretty well. Like the the original Vanguard is kind of doofy looking, right? There's a lot of parts of Demon Souls look like complete shit. Like it has a great art style, uh-huh. but and, and there's a and there's a uniqueness to it. But it, it is there's a fine line between like you know your memory of a thing and the thing that it is. I just think they're um, different. Like I think when I look at this Vanguard, the new Vanguard looks like it's something out of the recent Doom games, right? Mm. Yes. Here's yeah. like a very, very, very specific difference. The original Vanguard has these really long teeth that poke out beyond its lower lips, 
all it's almost like a tooth mustache right like a gag fake teeth yeah right? exactly right? totally yeah. and and three big round completely round glowy eyes the new one has like two eyes and then a third eye and has those the teeth a couple of them are broken and are a little bit longer but it has like a recessed jaw it has teeth inside of its mouth where they traditionally would be and that's like an artistic difference that is that mm-hmm. is a different vibe mm-hmm. for in, in a real way likewise the the tower knight picture that kato uh, shared from uh, Twitter user Nebelian. Shout outs to Nebelian. Um, it, there, there is a difference in that atmosphere. The original Tower Knight yeah. is like drenched, drenched in kind of green, uh, uh, like a, a green filter. Everything is kind of flat and lifeless and corrupted uh, in 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 uh, kind of uh, effect. And the new one is almost like Warcraft. Yeah, it's it's silver and like blue. literally that's a lion's blue. Yeah, like it's, totally. Like that is the most Warcraft looking fuck like night. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and I don't. It's yeah. And also, I think it's just there's in the two images like like Kyle, you had a pretty strong negative reaction, right? I, 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 yeah, I'm kind of there with you. Like there's a there's an atmosphere to just the way the first shot is lit Absolutely. and sort of the the haziness of it. Like there's there's a um. Like Demon Souls at times look like looks like it was done in oils, and <laughs> then this is uh, more like just it looks like a fucking video game is is right. the way it looks. Yeah, there's absolutely a different like tone set by the the original image, and like I didn't even I never played Demon Souls, so I'm really excited to uh, finally get to it. But I'm. This this Tower Knight one specifically, where it shows a lot of environment and like a comparison between the two, like it just kind of I don't know, like that you you show me that second screenshot outside of the context of this is a Demon Souls game, and I'm like not interested, <laughs> right? Like there's like a lifelessness to it that isn't like the kind of uh, Dark Souls lifelessness or like an interesting kind of void there. It's like a this is so this is it's bland it's a blandness i guess is actually what i'm looking for um yeah i don't know it's but then these other two do give a different like that bottom one actually i feel like has the right atmosphere the one that yeah. uh is just environment yeah. and there's no oh, enemy absolutely. in it like yeah. that feels like the right so i don't know what's going on here where and where those choices are getting made but you know I, we'll see and also on some level i'd rather they they make their own like it's like the, the whole notion of like remasters and remakes is weird because I'd rather Blue Point on some level put their like hey this is the the version we're right. making as opposed to like what what would it even mean to have like a Western studio like Blue Point make a an update to Demon Souls that is trying to do be a what a one to one like what does that even mean like that's like not a thing and so. Yeah, I, I totally agree that the Vanguard looks basically like a like a an enemy out of Doom Eternal. But if that's the like the the vibe there, like it, you definitely see an East versus West sort of like aesthetic mm-hmm. uh, here that I'm not like totally shocked by. But I guess I'd just rather they lean into like here's what we're going to do and we're going to lean into it. And if the whole game is aesthetically consistent with that, I think it'll work. But I do, I mean, it is true that you know FromSoft fans are you know like many communities, like uniquely attached to their experiences. And so I'm not going to be surprised if this game, you know, gets, even if it looks, you know, gorgeous in its own right is dragged in some way because of comparisons to 
to the original game. The added difficulty here is that it's very hard to play the original Demon Souls at this point. There is not yeah. a PC version of Demon Souls. There is not a PS4. The online functionality is, is turned, turned off, off on the PS3 totally. version. And and the PS3 was notoriously different to develop for in such a way that I don't know that we can look forward to an upcoming Demon Souls you know, a direct port to any other platform in the next decade. I mean, if they wanted to, they could, right? Yes, like you look course. at what's happening in the of emulation course. community. Like it's not, there's no, there, there's no like uh, well, I mean, that, <laughs> strict requirement that's pre- preventing them from doing something that was just like, hey, here's 1080p, 60 FPS. Would love Souls. it. Honestly, would love it if this had that built in or if they said also we're, we're it's backwards compatible now and you could do- and you can download it. That would be the dream for me would to have both of these things side by side. I'm happy to have someone come in and take their shot at it and say, how do we reimagine this with uh, added with a, with the added fidelity? We know we have to revisit some of these designs because we just we've we've tested it. We don't like what it looks like. And we're going to try to have our hand at it. I'm happy with that. I like thinking about games like plays in that way, where everything from set dressing and, ca- and costume design can be changed when you revisit them. I'm, I'm pro that in a real way. Um, but I but, but the thing that stings for me is the fact that if I did want to direct someone to, to the experience I had with bullet, you know, with uh, what is the what is the prison? I almost said Bulletary. Is that the name of the Bulletary? Oh, Latria. Latria, the Latria prison. You know, I'm the one fucking up the lore. Um, <laughs> like that, that it, I don't know what Latria will feel like here. I bet it will also feel creepy and I bet it'll be fine, but I would love to be, able I to bet, do. I bet of like any environment yeah, that I think will well. like sort of work regardless of what they do to the, like the enemy design yeah. will be Latria because, uh, like, I, yeah, I don't know how overhyped things like ray tracing are going to be for like this, this coming gen, but you can like lighting effects in Latria are going to be. Like, in, like you know, the mind flayers are down, or like you know, FromSoft's like interpretation of the mind yeah. flayer is down. It's just like I played Demon Souls like long. At, I played it right before Bloodborne came out oh, wow. because I wanted right. to have played um, the the origins of it. And Latria, I mean, a lot of the game holds up, um, but a lot of it has rough edges, especially if you've played the more mechanically polished, you know, D- Dark Souls and Dark Souls Two and Bloodborne and stuff like that. But uh, Latria holds up and I'm just so excited for people to experience that again, even if it's a different version. I'm, I'm curious. They've uh, there aren't a lot of details about the game. Like, are they going to mess with the world? What's what was that? That um, the uh, remember what I'm talking about, where it's like you the could hope the players stuff? could world tendency stuff, the world yeah. tendency, yeah, like yeah, is yeah, world yeah. tendency going to come back? I don't know. They did say um, there's a thing called fractured mode. They don't know what that mode. means necessarily. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, world tendency was a thing that basically changed the difficulty of certain enemies. It changed how much HP, I believe, um, uh, you or they had, and it was, re- it reflected actions across all of the online mode. You could do offline world tendency, I think, but if you were online, you were doing online world tendency and it was things about like bosses being defeated and things like that, that changed what the tendency was. Um, Anyway, I uh, I'm I'm still excited for it in a real way. I think we this was a called shot for us uh, as soon as we heard Blue Point was doing something. I think <laughs> I think many people said, "Oh, it's the, it's a Demon Souls remaster," uh, uh, which means it wasn't a huge huge surprise. But I'm still happy that it's happening, and I hope a lot more people get to play that game. I think it's a yeah. I think it's a really distinct and and unique thing, um, and you can see a lot of where Dark Souls comes from with it. But I do think that there is also something different in its world design because it is not a single big interacted or interlocked world in the way it's levels. It's levels, and I like 
levels and Rob Zach don't likes rebalance levels. the magic make keep it unbalanced <laughs> yeah exactly they're going they're going they're not going no, to do that not. they're going to touch that stuff rip rip to the royals um the last really big thing that is probably worth shouting out uh before you go Patrick uh is uh Horizon Forbidden West um which is I'm mad that they didn't do a follow-up to something dawn I'm mad there wasn't a day or an afternoon or a dusk or an evening i would have really loved mm-hmm. horizon one day uh, as a sequel i know you can't put one in the God sequel's damn. name but you know there's not even a number forbidden west uh what's the read what's the what's the what's the elevator pitch on this sequel well uh for the first one i started playing it was surprised by how much i enjoyed uh, a lot of the world building and then was like instead of playing this game i could just read the wiki and then I did that. And so that's really what I'm feeling here is like so much cool shit for Aloy to do. I'm excited about that. I really want to know a lot more about some specific things that happened in this game, like what what how those plot lines develop. But I wanted I want a TV show or a comic book is what I think I'm really <laughs> realizing. I don't know that I want to embody Aloy again. I know a lot of people are really looking forward to this, and I think it's one of the better, like, like original IP games. It's come out in a while. It's just the writing, you miss a lot of it because you're, you're fighting a, a robo-croc. And mm. I don't know. I want to listen. I want to watch all the cool holograms with the people walking around and making phone calls. Give me more of that. <laughs> you definitely could do, like, you could, yeah, I'm actually shocked, like, Horizon has not been, like, Hey, here's an adaptation that will never happen, but don't worry. Here's a press release yeah. about you know yeah. Sony licensing it to, to Showtime or something. Get everyone super of, hyphy about it. Never do it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I probably of anyone on on at Waypoint like liked uh, Horizon Zero Dawn the most mechanically. I know Austin, you were pretty cool on on the the mechanics part of it at least over time. And uh, yeah, I, I'm. It looks beautiful. Like if all of that is real time, as was suggested, um, it's a really like not shocking that Guerrilla Games would have uh, a really gorgeous uh, sort of like early PS5 game. Although I guess they didn't say when that's coming out. I bet that's holiday 2021, like the October, November game for them. Um, but uh, I don't know. They didn't show very much about it. But like, yeah, I'll fight a fucking turtle. Come at me. <laughs> Let's go. Why are you so big? I don't, like again, like it's so it's tough because like what am I supposed to say? Like it looks beautiful. It has a name that makes me feel uncomfortable, and I'm not sure what they're gonna do with some of the appropriation in this one. But I really liked the mechanics. I really liked um, the main character. I really liked the lore. I love the lore in Horizon Zero Dawn. Like right. I thought it was a really lots of games do like the post apocalypse, and I thought like their take on it was like really surprising and smart and fun. And some of the twists were like genuinely like ah okay. Well, I felt like- it was I a really you, human approach to the post-apocalypse, yes. right? Like, it felt very centered around specific people and their specific needs, like what you would need and want in this world. I felt like they thought about it, and I would love to see that developed more. It's just, I would love for I'm that to the be in the gameplay in any way. I would love for yeah, the set right? for those places to feel inhabited by people who have needs instead of by the same vendor in every town. Uh, oh my, I forgot dude, all that shit. It, that was so I would bad. love there to be like, side quests soon? that feel like you're contributing. Like, I think one of the things there that's tough is I want the version that has the same style of side quest that something like The Witcher can have where you're like, oh, wow, I understand yes. more about what this town is like in a real way. It doesn't feel like I'm going out to collect three turtle shells or whatever. Um, I'm not saying there was and it none of that, that yes. stuff. And, yes. the, and the DLC was actually really, the, the winter themed DLC was really good. 
Um, I, I like there's go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'll just say really quick. I, I'm with you that I think the post-apocalyptic, like the backstory, I actually ended up really enjoying. There was that. There is that again, kind of interminably long mission where you're climbing around some like outpost, and it goes on forever. And I remember being just like. I cannot believe this is going so long. I'm, I've been climbing for 30 minutes and you finally get into this place and you get like the big history. You get like the big, like, here is what happened. I was like, all right, I was, you know what? It was kind of worth it. That was a good, yeah. that's a good beat. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they even did do I, a good job at making the gameplay mechanics lead into a narrative payoff that always felt satisfying. I don't feel but, like that, but that is, I know yeah. I am the exception to the rule here because <laughs> it just didn't. And, and I hope that they account for that for me. I like my, my hope is that this is a game where, you know, I, I feel like I get to feel like I'm expressing myself in the combat in a way that it doesn't feel like there is such so so many easy solutions for me to rely on. Um and that yeah. I I can have that the the experience that I hear so many other people had. But like that's I hope it is real climbing. Yeah. I don't expect it to have Breath of the Wild like climb on whatever because the horizon falls into it's it's not quite open world. It has more like open spaces. Mm-hmm. Um and but it definitely falls into like the as we've talked about like the Sony aesthetic of like the kind of narrative games that they make. But boy, with th- this kind of game, like it was really frustrating at Horizon often to be trying to scale these big places where it's like just <sighs> let me, like let me go this way instead of being funneled as much. And I don't expect them to you know put in a stamina meter to let me climb every mountain. But I, I hope it accounts for that a little bit more because it really would have. Uh, benefit from that both in terms of like the combat and the exploration parts um, that would be and like the fact that they're including swimming areas makes me hope there's a little bit more of an emphasis on that but you know it's again one of those things where I'm this is where I miss E3 where you know you go to see like the very limited vertical slice that would have at least I could one of us could come back and be like right okay I can kind of answer these questions for (laughs) you totally here's the 40 minute version of this of this demo and I talked to the creative director and here's what he kind of hinted at what they're doing yada yada I asked them about hey you're really doing a frontier story after the weird appropriation (laughs) stuff in the first game and they said yeah totally and that wasn't really satisfying but but we didn't get to have that conversation but you know video games dude I'm yeah yeah, that's it's uh, it seems like it's taking place. Uh, my read on this was like, oh, this takes place in Asia or something because there is a lot yes. of emphasis, but it's not. It takes place in this is from the the YouTube description uh, moves west to a far future America to brave a majestic but dangerous frontier where she'll face awe inspiring machines and myster- mysterious new threats. So I'm reading this is California. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I wrote in the notes while we were working to Rob. uh Hang on a second. Aloy swam to China? (laughs) (laughs) Really, really upset. And he was like, no, I think that's just downtown San Francisco became Chinese somehow. So interested to see what that's all about. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how it's a gorgeous looking game. Uh, But yeah, I am kind of wondering how they're going to handle all of that Um, because the vibe of the trailer was weird. Yeah. Big robot elephants. Um, I guess we can wrap back around. Or <laughs> Patrick, while we still have you, is there anything, something you want to wrap back around to? Um, Astro's playroom. Are you excited for another Astro bot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the thing I will leave on before before I actually straight up locked the door, and I'm going to get yelled at in a second by my daughter when she just starts slamming on it. I was going to say, um, <laughs> I really can't wait. Uh, I uh, Astrobot is a tremendous uh, VR platformer. Um, that was released on PlayStation VR a couple years back. Really overlooked. Um, honestly, I, I I wrote my review for it that I 
it it felt um like saying like oh it feels like a Nintendo game um can often be like a, a strange comparison but it felt playful and polished in the way that you expect from like a Nintendo platformer and it was just a, such a delight it does uh it's it's really really great in in VR and so I'm a little dis- that's like a one thing I wonder about all this is like you know the rumors were that they're still going to support VR and so I I hope that Sony continues to support VR on on PS5 maybe that's something we'll hear about later as like a separate here's how we're doing VR for 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 PlayStation Five, but um, but it was absent. Yeah, I don't today. know what this is. Maybe it's just yeah. a, it was absent huh? today. Certainly, yeah, not yeah. Like they had a lineup of accessories, and there was there was no v, a VR heads up. But it wouldn't shock me if they're like they wanted to do that as its own separate thing, especially if like they fingers crossed, you know, do it wireless and 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 that whole thing. It would make sense that they would want to like break that out on on its own. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if this new one is going to be like. I don't know, you know, it looks cute in the way that Astrobot is cute, but it's mostly just a way for me to be like, if you haven't played Astrobot and you have a PlayStation VR, like you're you're really missing out because it's it's absolutely one of my favorite games from the, the last couple of years. Totally. Uh, I put something important in the chat. Patrick, I need a final comment before you go. <laughs> yeah, that, um, hmm. <laughs> There's a tweet. From, that's a that's a that's a bo- that's a, a, a young boy. Uh, he seems like a teenager, but he's wearing a very expensive watch, and he appears to be wearing the PS5. He's doing it as to him. his college. He's no, ready to go to the club. You know he had to do. He it had to, to him. do it to him. You know he had to do it to him. Uh, Uncool or Uncool Dana on Twitter did a mashup of the. You know I had to do it to him. I think that's just uh, uncool. Can you? I think it's, oh, it's uncool. It might be uncool. Hmm. Yeah, it might be uncool. I was looking. Yeah, yeah, uncool. <laughs> It's hot. And I'm it's tired. been a long day. Yeah, it's really it's hot day. out. It's uh, so hot today. So, uh, Austin doesn't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, well, I do right now. It's my fucking air conditioner is off because it makes too much noise. Uh, the yeah, the shape of this thing is weird. It's gonna get real dusty. And listen, I'm, it looks it looks like what it looks like. Okay, put the pieces together yourself. <laughs> Look, I can say I can say this because, and when when I when Rob and I return from dinner and come back to record the second half of this podcast, talk about Last of Us Two is like, look, I'm gonna shit what that thing looks like because the Last of Us Two, you play that game even on a PS4 Pro, and it it sounds like the machine is going to explode. So design it however you want, design it however you want, but as long as that thing is quiet and there is some air circulation. That that's all I'm looking for from the next PlayStation. Really think the labia minora on this PlayStation are gonna make the okay. air situation. Right. Well, it was nice. <laughs> it was nice joining you. I'm going to go uh, join my daughter for dinner. Um, Rob, I will I will see you on the other side of this later tonight. If there's anything left? Bye. If anything? Yeah. If there's anything, if there's anything left of what we got here, other games that we can talk about. Uh, Hitman Three. Game? Hitman that's Three. One. Uh, that trailer fucking slapped. Um, I'm so excited for more Hitman. That music. I like. It takes a lot to get me hyped on some like synth, like dark synth shit in a video game trailer. <laughs> but it turns out these environments was a was a good match for it. Uh, Agent Forty Seven is being chased in the woods. Agent Forty Seven's in fucking Dubai oh. at some sort of wild ass. You know, I don't even know what that party was about, but I'm glad it feels like they're they're continuing with the extension of uh, extremely hyper opulent wealthy spaces yeah. and Agent 47 as an agent of chaos therein. Um, uh, some cool stuff with it looks like some city stuff and a party and maybe a like a manor, like a like a castle manor. I don't know. We'll see. 
Um, as always, disclosure that the friend of the site, friend of mine, Janine Hawkins, has some writing on that game. So obviously I'm biased and excited about this game because my friend is working on it. But uh, I still think that looks dope. Um, what else? Uh, Little Devil Inside. So this yeah. is a survival game, right? Is it? I don't know that what this felt- is. Huh. So this was a game that piqued my interest is because I I really fuck with that that sort of um British animation y style animation style. Mm-hmm. Can you tell the game a little bit? It Can felt- you explain uh, what, what this so is? So the trailer was this very cutesy, sort of arch British funny trailer about one guy who's an aristocrat who spends his days sleeping and doing boring shit. And another guy who's off having adventures. Mm-hmm. And on his adventures, he's chased by monsters. He has to shoot them. There's a giant dragon at some point. He is tending to his wounds, which sort of gave me the vibe that this was an adventure game of some kind, uh, a survival game where your wounds and your health and, you know, tracking that kind of stuff becomes important. Um, and I'm not quite sure, again, like what the elevator pitch of it is, but it managed to at least get me interested with the art style, which felt a little bit outside of the sort of rounded edges Pixar stuff. Mm-hmm. It had a few sharp edges, one or two. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it like gameplay wise. And also now that I, re- now I just realized I've seen this before and I'll link the, the other trailer in a second. Um, uh, there is a, like a very, um, there was a very distinct cartoonish style, like you said. And, and then the thing that ended up striking me obviously was like, Oh wow, you're like climbing on monsters and connecting bombs to them and jumping off and they're exploding and you're walking through the muck and you have a big torch and you're, you know, sliding down sand uh dunes and that looks really fun. This, and there's this Is this mm-hmm. a cartoony monster hunter? Is that right, what's going on? Right, it's like cartoony here? monster hunter, cartoony. Yeah, Cuz at the beginning of the trailer, dogma. he's um, dragging a monster and like drops it on the like rich man's table. Yeah. And then yeah. the very next thing is like that's a that's a what's it called? The one with the poison neck. Uh I can't remember. A poison neck. I don't remember what it's called. The, it's it's got the it, it it walks the same way. Jesus Christ. It's it it looks like a specific monster hunter monster that I cannot remember right now. Mhm. Well, well, you're not going to be gamekeeper at waypoint. God damn it. <laughs> um there is I, I don't quite know how to feel about the degree to which you are like a white dude killing tribal peoples. Uh, and even more so, now that I remember, this is not the first time I've seen this game. I'm linking you now the original or the earlier Little Devil Inside trailer that I saw years ago now. Uh, I think years ago. What is this? Yeah, this was 2015 when I first oh, saw this. Yeah. Uh, and if you jump ahead to like 57 seconds it is literally you and it is literally this adventurer and the old dude getting into a car being like chased by desert peoples on their on their ravenous looking dog creatures in a way that's playing on some very particular uh imagery um and who knows maybe uh, this is five years ago right this is five years ago uh Uh. some of this stuff is still very much in that trailer we saw today and did make me go like are we really are we okay are we really and i'm i'm hoping that this is a game where i'm not gonna feel bad every 
you know, two hours as we stumble onto whatever the new, in fact, those specific characters are those, there is a sequence where you're still being chased by those dog people. It's just that people on dogs, dog riding people, uh, uh, it may be, or maybe they're also running from the sandstorm. Who could say, I can't tell. Uh, but, but I really hope that they don't, that they don't swing and miss on that, on that aspect, because the depiction of, of, Mm. uh, brown people, uh, is really important uh, to me. Um, uh, beyond that, beyond that concern, I think this looks incredible um, and would love to play this game. Uh, it, it, the sense of adventure that it, that it puts off and the sense of place in all these different areas seems really cool. Um, and uh, you know, it, it feels it feels like it's pulling in something like uh, below a little bit. Again, I said we said Monster Hunter. I think there's even some Dragon's Dogma here. So. Uh, of course, it has my attention. Um, what else? Let's see. Uh, NBA Two K Twenty One. How do Y'all you feel? How do you feel about sweat? How do you feel about Zion Williamson's sweat? Um, um I feel to... like uh, very close to it right now. Okay. That's <laughs> how. Yeah. That was kind of it. It was just look at <laughs> look at my man's sweat. Yeah. <laughs> That was it. That was it. You know, she uh, told us we weren't ready for it, but I, I fucking wasn't. Shout out to Twitter user Manofsky article for sweat tracing. Well, sweat tracing. Yeah, that's right. You know? that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, that's right. New technology. Love it. Wrong. There's a Pragmata also. Yeah, Pragmata, uh, which had a. I, I think a lot of people are like, "Is this a Death Stranding? What is this? What's happening?" Um, and it turns out, no, it's not a Death Stranding. But I think it's a Capcom game. There's like a astronaut walking through the streets of New York, and there's a little girl, and there was like an animal that was like a robot cat that was projecting a holographic shell of a real cat, but you could still see the robot skeleton inside, which was kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know what that game is. That was that was yeah. just a, a here's a taste of tone. It, um, it had a very kojima feeling to it i was surprised when it wasn't a kojima game yeah definitely. Uh, even just the design of that uh suit felt like that's the way the way that the the new logo or whatever like mascot yeah. for kojima productions is so totally yeah um uh we skipped over a couple things i am excited for bug snacks the latest from <laughs> bugs young snacks. horses the octodad developer um that game reminds me uh, specifically of um, uh, like "Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared," which is oh like a God. puppet series, uh, kind of like a horror comedy puppet uh, web show um, from a few years back. Um, I you have to just go look up this trailer. I don't know what to talk about. Like there, are- uh, an Australian seal introduces us all to a series of talking uh, fruits. That are, are bugs mm-hmm. and th- the whimsy is strong in this one, but it, it, knowing the Octodad people, it comes from a real place of humor rather than trying to ape uh, an aesthetic, the sort of the Steven Universe aesthetic that already works. I feel like uh, the when I saw the big long sub sandwich that had legs yeah. was when I was sold on it. That's what I was like. <laughs> that I that guy was lunch. good. I should have eaten lunch. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Fuck, I fucked up. Excuse- Wait, lunch? It is 7.52 p.m. No, I was saying when I saw it, that's what I thought. Oh. Now when I see it, I think, oh, I should have fucking eaten lunch. Now it's time for dinner and I should have eaten lunch. I literally, lunch. I just opened up a, a dinner delivery service because I need to there eat dinner. There you go. Um, 
I think that that does it for what was there. Um, I think again, it's a it's a. Oh, and then the box. Uh, the box, which we you know, we kind of hit the box. I, you know, what are we gonna? Yeah. What are you gonna? Uh, it well, looks like the uh, way actually, it does. I think it's Go ahead. Do you want to? The the thing about uh, two mo uh, models was oh, that's true. Interesting that's and yes. also terrifying to me because there is a digital only model of this console, um, which I hate, but mm-hmm. also is the way that everything is going right now, where yeah. physical media is being phased out, and I expect the digital only model to be much cheaper than the the, the no one way. with the drive. It will not be much cheaper because drives aren't that expensive. No, but I think they're going to take a hit on it on purpose. They, that will have to be a big hit because if it's more than 50 yeah. bucks, that's a big hit. Right? Yeah. Like drives just aren't that expensive. Yeah, but I just feel like they're trying to push this at this point because they want it because they got more control over like like licensing yes. and like all that shit, yeah. right? Like their yeah. DR, like it's just the way that everything has gone on PC already. Do we, and just, what do like, you think that price looks push like then? No clue. I would. Is this I a could say that they knock off a hundred, six hundred for the yeah. for the. Yeah, but that's Something the thing like is like that. If the digital only version is five hundred, that's still a nightmare price. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna suck. But yeah. I do think I, I do think that there's gonna be some pretty, like larger than also, expected for what a drive costs. Price yeah, disparity between those yeah. two. Also, there are lots of PS4 games I own on disc or uh-huh. I don't own as many as I used to, as, as mm-hmm. you know, maybe some people do, but that does now mean more if they're committing to, like they said in the Cerny thing, backwards compatibility for PS4 right. games where there are plenty of those that I own that are only on disc. I, you know, I've imported some Gundam games. I don't have those digitally. I'm not going to have those digitally. I would like to be able to play those. So yeah. my, in, in some ways I hope that that price gap is not so big as to be impossible for my budget uh, right. in a very real way. I would like to be able to afford, I would like to be and able this to, this is me to taking the cynical read of that. those yeah. two models basically. Yeah. But yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I also think it's just, it's, it is kind of wild to kick it off right away with with a model that's just like that's it we're done but i but with, with with discs which is it's it's interesting it's it's it is a it is a changing time and i do think if they were not committing to ps4 backwards compatibility i would probably be way more interested in the digital uh only version of it um and maybe there's a price point maybe there's a price point where i go like, you know what whatever i still have a ps4 if i want to play these games i can talk up the ps4 it's not the end of the world right. um but we'll see um uh yeah i think all said like i said I think I'm with Gita and Rob, and I don't know, Kato, how you felt overall, but the, the, the kind of middling feeling of, like, I want to see what these games... I want to see game yeah. play more than anything else. That's what gets me excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that I'm excited for... I'm happy for the mix of smaller and larger projects. Nothing here comes from... I guess there's a couple things here that felt like wider unknowns, like the... the mm-hmm. um, uh, what do you call it? Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Like that's not a developer we've heard of before. Um, but otherwise, it feels like big indie or well-known indie, and then big AAA. Um, and uh, that mix is is or and like kind of like middle ground. The Sumo Digital stuff, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and I'm I'm I, that's better than. It's better than the sad dad hour, <laughs> which right. which I think may, we may have thought yes. was coming. But I'm just not someone who gets. I'm not going to get excited for something not being as bad as it could have been. I need something to really <laughs> light a fire under me. But how about totally. y'all? Any final thoughts on on how this thing felt or or, or what you what your your overall takeaways were? 
yeah, I mean, I feel like I said what I said. I said what I said, Austin. That's how I feel. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I feel like uh, <laughs> I I wanted to be excited for this. I, you know, I have, I do have nostalgia. I feel like in many ways this was a presentation that was built for someone like me, but it just didn't hit right right now. You know, I do have nostalgia for a lot of these older PlayStation games, and I do just kind of want to vibe with some video games right now. You know, I started, restarted uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses because I just needed to find a, a hole to put my brain into in the evening sometimes. Um, <clears throat> but I left this just feeling like, you know, just a little underwhelmed, just really hoping, was hoping for more of a spark. The only thing that made me really feel like, yeah, now we're gamers, is was Deathloop, where that just felt like a game I would love to play, like, immediately. Mm -hmm. But I didn't get enough of that moment from this presentation to really feel optimistic. Here's hoping that that will be a big, that it will show extended gameplay at the PC Gamer Show. That, it, that to me, feels that. right for the for where that would happen. Right. Um, uh because of where where the immersive sims tend to live. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm 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 here for it in a real way. Uh Rob Cotto. Yeah. <laughs> wow, oh, the Kato. defeat in Cotto's voice. I just I Was do this like we were mean about the controllers. Probably. I think so. <laughs> I, also it's white. I'm gonna there's gonna be shit. I'm sorry. I can't keep shit. Clean, That's apparently. true. That plastic may not wear that well. True. That yeah. yeah, I don't think it will. Like I'm I've been scared. known to partake of a snack or two yeah, during a gaming totally. session. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes that snack may have a dusting of little flavorful particles that uh, <laughs> ends up on my fingers. So I, this don't is, to, I don't. This is no longer a problem, but uh, in my childhood, I remember consoles getting beat up just by placement and yeah. things being knocked over and something about the oh, fins man. on that thing, oh, like the, the, the plastic bits. Yeah, it just does not look stable. <laughs> Uh, Mina's taken to kicking video game controllers mm. off of the furniture. <laughs> um, so she's gonna have she, a hell of a time. Oh, yeah. yeah, she spiked a uh, Xbox controller the other day, and wow. now it always thinks it's going like it always thinks the uh, sticks are thrown to the left. I can't use it Fuck. anymore. Uh, that's the dog. Uh, but no, Mina's I, too I, smart. It, it is true. Like, she does realize that phones, for instance, distract people from adoring Mina, and so mm. phones are enemies now, too. Uh, <laughs> no. I think the, like, I think one of the tough things uh, about sort of these shotgun blasts of trailers uh, that you get is it also really emphasizes aesthetic trends that are ongoing in yeah. parts of the game industry. And I think any one of these games may have a really distinctive character and may do something really interesting. But when you see a bunch of them and then often accompanied by music that is trying to evoke similar emotions of like, we're having a great time here, right, folks? Yeah, and this big, like, colorful, it, open space where you can ride on things and shoot a bow. Right. And so I think and I, and I think that's kind of the issue is that. Uh, what what PlayStation is still kind of selling here is this idea of like, look at all these beautiful worlds we can we, we can visit. And I think if you're seeing them all back to back and you're you've sort of been keeping up with games through this generation, you're kind of like, yes, but no, like it, that doesn't look like anywhere I haven't been before. Right. Uh, and I think that's kind of the. And I know what I'm going to do when I get there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm looking at the Deathloop trailer again, which I think part of why it stands out is for what you just said, which is it does yeah. not look too much like those other things. It has a distinctive sound. It has a distinctive voice, literally. Um, and it literally tells you what you're going to be doing, and yeah. it doesn't sound like other stuff. Also, this dude absolutely like, loads some nails in his gun, which is sick. I do saw oh, yeah, just really the- ripped. They're golden nails, yeah. and he just drops them into his gun. It rocks. And how good is that conceit of like, no, this is gonna, it sounds like it's going to be a run-based game, and it's like you got to cross off these eight people in one go. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, someone's hunting you. Which and is I'm Moon like, Crash, right? It's Moon Crash, and it might be... Mm. Is it... Do is we it know? a little collateral? Right. Yeah, it's I, Moon... The, oh. end, the end of that trailer uh, 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 implies that it's multiplayer, right? Yeah, is this... The, is are, that, are they finally doing PvPVE? I think... Are they, is this yes. the crossing? Did they make the crossing finally? I'm here for um, it. The crossing yeah. was a game that Arcane was making uh, that that got canceled, sadly, and huh? was pretty exciting at a certain point. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, no. I, in general, that's the other thing is I'm realizing now a lot of the the ghost ghost wire Tokyo is that what the game is called? Yeah. Uh, hand magic stuff is less cool than the much blunter versions of it that you see here uh, of the uh, lead assassin guy like doing all sorts of like tele telekinetic. Uh, uh, like not slashes in the air with his hand that are slamming characters left and right down this hallway that look really, really good. Like Patrick was right when he said a lot of this stuff feels like it's from Dishonored. The teleport, the blink mechanic is like very much the little hover yeah. circles. Don't care. It looks great. Uh, and an action, <laughs> an action based version of that, I think, is something that immediately reads to me in a way that's very exciting. Um, and well, and it's high concept in a cool way. Moon crash you know, action prey is fine by me. And also I think yeah. like as speedrunners and like video uh, community members demonstrated Dishonored, Dishonored had cool combat systems yeah. built into it. It's just it, its heart was a stealth game, right? Yeah. It was a game that its moral universe was if you play if you go loud in this too much, bad things happen and the world uh you know gets put into the bad timeline. And so Dishonored was kind of this weird, like there's this big banquet table of like, look at all these ways you could just fuck people up. And then it was like, but don't you do it. And this game <laughs> seems to be like uh, actually, go fuck these people up. Here, sprinkle some na- <laughs> sprinkle some nails in yeah, your gun. Yeah, and and again, like I, it, it, not for nothing, but two black voices uh, means a lot to me right now. Uh, those characters yes. seem dope. Their outfits are sick. Their their styles are incredible. Um, and uh, yeah, this is this is the one that I'm. The other thing is that's a technically a, it seems like a this holiday game. Uh, so that's that's exciting for me. That's something that I can start looking forward to this holiday. Um, and right. yes, it does say it does in fact say Deathloop's Arcane's take on assassin assassination multiplayer experience, seamlessly blending single player campaign with multiplayer drama. Uh, players will experience the main story as Colt hunting down targets across the island of Black Reef to break the loop and earn his freedom. Players can also choose to take control. Of rival assassin Juliana sneaking into another player's campaign to kill Colt and keep him imprisoned in the loop. The multiplayer experience is completely optional and players can choose to have Juliana controlled by an AI within the campaign, which is the right way to do that. I'm I'm That's really, really cool. This is very cool. I'm very here for this. Uh yeah, hell yeah. I'm into it. Um that, that, Congrats to Arcane for winning E3. Yeah, they did it. They did it. They won E3. <laughs> it's fucked up, right? We would be in planes right now coming back. 
uh, a year Ugh. in a different version of this year. Um, I was so looking forward to what you guys do every E3. Like, I know. getting in the house and seeing you guys. Rob you cooking know, for I was, us. I was going to cook you guys Indian food. I was great. so excited. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. And then even when we thought, oh, maybe E3 won't happen, but... The, the world will be able to have maybe we'll just do something from here we'll fly you know everyone into new york and then we'll do an e3 in new york like our only little no uh-uh Nothing. corona says no mm-hmm. and then also uh, you know right now there are lots of protests around uh you know around black lives matter and and george floyd and brianna taylor and tony mcdade and everything else that like i feel like the atmosphere at an e3 that had it had it happened would have been unbearable to some degree like the feeling yeah. of today being in that in that in the LA Convention Center where a week ago the National Guard was stationed would have mm-hmm. just been exhausting. Um and so I don't know. Uh also I was originally scheduled to go do a keynote at a game studies conference in Canada last week. And I was literally going to have to do a week in Canada, a week in and then immediately a week in LA, and that mm-hmm. would have been rough. So <laughs> Uh, it, in some ways, this world just just carries much different burdens, much harder ones than that. I would have happily done that over what this year has been. Um, but but yeah. So, all right. I think we're gonna take another break, and we're actually gonna break. Um, but then Rob and Patrick and Kato are gonna come back. I might come back. I'm not sure. We'll talk off mic to talk about The Last of Us Two. Um, and what Rob and Patrick have thought about that game. So uh, we will be right back. Um, I trust them if I'm not here to do the outro because because they're trustworthy sorts. So <laughs> BRB again. All right, we are back. To talk, and I'm here still. I decided to still be here. We took a real break. We actually like, went and food happened, and people are, are had saw their families and got to hang out. And now we're back to talk about The Last of Us Two. There's no subtitle, right? It's just called it's The Last La- of Us Two, uh, Part Last Two, of us Part Two, Part Two. Apologies. But that's uh, that's what you, that's how you know it's prestigious because right. it's not a two; it's a part two. Yeah, you're right. That is the, that is the signal. Um, is it is it prestigious? What's the? I haven't played this game. Rob, Patrick, both of you have have played most of it, some of it, all of it. Rob, I know you're writing a review. Rob, you probably finished yeah. it. I've played yeah. uh, like twelve hours. And then Kato, like <laughs> oh, me. Oh, you are but a babe. I know. Is oh it really goodness. long? Is it a long one? It it will shock you how much. The Last of Us there is in The Last of Us too. <laughs> how much there is to last? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how much to last voice. us, the gamers, yeah. when you play The Last of Us? Peggy, you will, you, you will be amazed how much <laughs> this absolutely happened. Um, so wait, so is it like, we're talking like dozens of hours of being like in Like 30, 35? I think 40? I broke 30. Okay. Um, now, mind cool. you, I tend to play these games pretty, sl- like, 
leisurely uh, because I love to loot locations completely bare. You, mm. you love to play a game like me where if like a normal person wouldn't max out everything in their inventory, they can collect until about six hours in. And instead two hours, two, two hours into the game, all the bullets, all of the <laughs> crafting ingredients don't need to collect anything anymore because yeah. I got it all. We're good. Yeah. Basically like, Oh, what's that a house full of zombies? I'm gonna fuck them up. <laughs> zombies ain't shit. <laughs> so let's, I mean, let's, let's talk about big picture here. Um, I know there's some stuff that's off, that we can't talk about. I don't know what that stuff is. I haven't read the embargo because I'm not reviewing this game or playing this game. Um, but my understanding is there's some stuff we can't get into. The the, uh, the embargo. Uh, I mean, Sony with their narrative games always has pretty specific like specific embargoes. This one um, is less specific in in as much as just says, "Hey, don't talk about the story," <laughs> which is Jesus. tough for. Uh, uh, a narrative-based game, um, you know, like one of the mm, how to talk. There, you know, there is an event that sets things into into motion yeah. in the last. No, of Us like part this two. is easily this is easily talked around, but it's just yeah. annoying that you have to. This right. is a revenge story, right? You can't discuss what precipitates that revenge is required, but everything hinges. Yeah. on a transgression that sets all this in motion mm. and like the game revisits that theme constantly uh th- throughout its length so again like the the embargo restrictions make it really difficult to like this isn't don't reveal that rosebud's the sled this is not that this is like Hey, uh, don't reveal that the man who dies at the start is Charles Foster Kane. Who <laughs> <laughs> is the focal hey, point? Of don't this? make don't make clear this is about a newspaper man. <laughs> don't wow. don't don't explain the origins of a, a Spider Man villain that is famous across the history of the Spider Man. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, let's just say, yeah, we must have talked about the eight armed. The eight-armed character, uh, a Spider-Man character, and the restriction of not being allowed to talk about that character, right? During yeah, Spider-Man? you were not. Yeah, you were, you were like, you, and when I reviewed Spider-Man, you one of the bits was, it must have been specific. Maybe it was specific in the embargo agreement that was like, don't explain that Doctor Octavius turns into Doctor Octopus, and so I tried mm-hmm. to get around that. Like I had some you're line complimenting was, it specifically. You were saying, yeah, I, I like think despite I said, the fact that this is a well-trained story. Yeah. Like I was, it was, it was like, Oh, they found inventive ways to deal with like the relationship with Peter Parker. And I, I don't but like they came back and were like <laughs> very upset. Like do not spoil that. I was like, what do you mean? Spoiling like a main <laughs> central arc of, of like <laughs> the Dr. Octavius from like every Spider-Man story ever. Superman's uh, from where? <laughs> Man, I really like this Tom, Thomas and Martha Wayne couple. I wonder what happens to them. They seem like great parents. I'm sure it's yeah. going to go great for that kid. Oh, uh, anyway, so I mean, I guess it's worth saying at this point that means that there are certain things that you can't talk about without risking burning a bridge with Sony indefinitely. Um, do you? Do you? And that we can revisit in the future. It's not that we can never talk about them. It means yeah, once the game to, yeah, comes I mean, out, this game, the embargo is lifting a week before the game comes out. It's a long game. Um, you know, th- this is something we'll revisit when we can, you know, take take uh, take all the gloves off. So how about this question about the precipitating event of this revenge story? Do you feel good about it? Does it is it an interesting and earned moment? Does it is it something that makes you feel 
like what follows is, is something that you're invested in or is or what? Well, I think it's entirely predictable and that's <laughs> n- not necessarily even a slight like it's just the if you're going to tell this kind of story there's really only a couple of ways it can it can go um to to sort of like incite a certain you know reaction from from the main character um I don't know what, what, yeah, what, what, what it, I, I think for me I found I think one of the real issues with this game is that at the beginning, I think not necessarily the moment feels earned. I think I think this is a very manipulative game in a whole host of ways. Like, And I feel like a lot of its big moments are telegraphed and they are very much uh, about producing like a really specific reaction. Uh, and and they're, they're carried out well, but in terms of like uh, – you know, does the moment land? Does it justify or explain what happens, uh, what it sets in motion? Sort of. But I think one of the other issues with this game is that uh, it's always partly a a big part of this game is, is asking you to reconsider that moment uh, and Mm -hmm. reconsider what people have chosen to do in reaction to, to that, what people have chosen uh, to do in the name of revenge. But I think the really frustrating thing is it goes in this direction of, hey, did you know like revenge might be bad? Like, did you know that like in the act <laughs> of getting consequences? Come on, no way. Yeah, like more, you could actually, you know, you might even become the thing you hate. Uh, and and it's also about like the, what we don't, the you know, for people who, even the people who are most intimately in our lives, like, what we don't know about that person um, and the secrets you keep from one another. Um, you know, it's it, this game. Uh, you know, one of the things that happens at the end of the last of us, you know, the, the first game is, you know, Ellie is not informed about the fact that she could have saved humanity. Right. Like that's like one of the, you know, I haven't replayed that game. But like that's one of the, you know, part of the moral quandaries of the end of the last of us is, would she have made the decision to sacrifice herself if she'd known that she could have could have put her life on a on an operating table and stopped all of this, you know, what was happening in the world in terms of the the, the viral infection? Um, and like th- that is, you know, a part of what is playing out in The Last of Us is, you know, that is not just you know a, a secret Joel kept from Ellie. You know, that is that is something that you know all characters all people keep from one another um and this game tries to you know flip the script on that a bit how much of the game then is um so so i think about the last of us one and it it felt a little bit like these long cinematic segments bookended uh a, a much larger gameplay segment where you are scavenging fighting sneaking lowering things for someone to climb onto or raising something for someone else to climb onto uh, unlocking doors, etc., and and that it would be like here is my forty five minute gameplay segment, um, and then on either side of it was like, hey, and here is the twenty minutes of of high resolution cutscene. Is that basically the model still? Oh man, <sighs> Emmanuel. So, but the thing is, Rob, the game is actually deceptive in thinking that it's going to go slightly differently early on. So there's er- there's a sequence early when you 
uh, first arriving Seattle. So one of the there's this game has guess, a lot of co-directors yeah. and co-designers like on the higher chain. But um, I believe his name is uh, Josh Schreer, um, who was one of the leads on Uncharted. What was the like mini one that they did? Um, Lost Legacy. Lost Legacy. Um, no, wait, wait, no, no, no. The, yeah, is no? that right? I think that's right. Hmm. Okay. Is the two, no. uh, yes, yes, two yes, women yes, yes. co-leading right. the Legacy. game? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and part of what was different about that game was that you were in like a big hub area. And so, yes, you were getting kind of funneled into little little areas, but you're, there was a lot of discovery to that. You were like, here is a big open space, like go start exploring. And it felt much more naturalistic because you were you were in this wider space. And Last of Us uh, 2 does that part two, excuse me, um, uh, does that early on where there's a sequence where you're on a horse, you're in this giant open part of Seattle and you kind of know where you're supposed to go next, but it's very clear, hey, you're supposed to start poking around and there's like, you get a map and there are all these different, um, you start marking the map with question marks and like exploring these different areas. And I found that to be like really satisfying. And mm. on some level, it's not diff- all that different than the loop you're describing, Austin, of like gameplay section, cutscene, gameplay section, cutscene. But e- but just the way it's contextualized and the sense that you're f- discovering things at a different pace and more, more leisurely as opposed to just being funneled through uh, what often happens is you're funneled forward and then there's just kind of like a building to your left and a building to your right. And the illusion of openness is produced through like the really high resolution assets and the realism of the, the world surrounding. But this opening sequence um, early on in the game, I found to be really satisfying and I haven't had really another one of those in like, and you won't eight out and you, man, that sucks. Really? Wow. The idea is there are two zones that you explore, uh, basically two different like neighborhoods in Seattle. I, I want to say, and then they shit can completely. And oh. uh, the hallway might widen at points like, hey, that is a building I can go over there and see if there's loot in there. And it's not I don't have to go through that building and just go explore it. But that's about as far as it goes, because like in um, this sequence, you're on a horse. You can you like you need the horse because it's big enough that it would be annoying to traverse um, on foot. You there are um like one of the best secrets like involves you like sneaking along a highway, like throwing a rope down, like swing out. Like I found I was like having like genuine discoveries, even though it was clearly funneling me to all of these places, but it, it found a way to break some of that linearity that is so tied to a lot of Naughty Dog's games. And that's what I thought as soon as I encountered that sequence, I was like, okay, I hope there's like three or four of these throughout the game because even if it's me experiencing those same little micro rooms that define Uncharted, Last of Us, um, even just dropping it in this way was more satisfying. So it's disappointing to hear that it's that's not most of the game. Yeah, is I then, think, go ahead, Rob. No, I, th- I think this is a... So there's, there's two things. One, just in a word, uh, Emmanuel asked me, to, asked me the other day, in one word, describe The Last of Us 2. And... The, you know, after I thought about it for a moment, the answer is more uh, <laughs> in terms of how this game feels. It's the same game. There's just more of it now. Uh, it, it just it, like in terms of vibe, in terms of what you do, uh, you've seen all of this before and not just in The Last of Us. Like this is there is so much of the Naughty Dog house style throughout this game and it really begins to, I think, drag the game down because 
so many of the beats are not just telegraphed if you know not only The Last of Us, but the other Uncharted games, like how these things tend to work, but also just how often they're repeated just over the length of this one game. And so, like, the the sheer number of jump scares you'll have as you, like, squeeze through a narrow passageway. I mean, it seems quiet, but, like, now I have to get into this room. Right. What's going to happen as I enter? Probably something bad. I need to jump onto this thing. It looks a little rickety. If you think if you think there might be a cutscene where like the thing collapses and you end up in a really inconvenient part of the level, you're absolutely correct. Uh, hmm. And so it's it's really kind of a bummer insofar as I think I was with you, Patrick. Like there was a minute there where I was thinking like, OK, yeah, like a little more world exploration, like a little more uh wandering around the setting and not just exploring like the main quest but just the entire backdrop uh that surrounds it that just isn't this game uh, and just the notion that like I might miss things right yeah, like right. there's 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 something about setting up a world and you know and expecting the player if they're really detailed but like there it's also it's like an interesting setting where you're coming in where you're learning about Seattle and like how like the sort of like the the, the fascist uh uh sort of like breakdown that was was occurring like in this part of the I mean it was like it was actually really I was more interested in the world building that was occurring than actually like the quest I was on and I think that's useful in like was useful for the kind of story it was telling and it just yeah it is I guess they abandoned that yeah pretty. it's Pretty quickly. It's interesting to go back to what Rob was just saying about the if you see something, you will expect what is in front of you. You will expect to to be jump scared after you go through the the tiny hallway or for the the you know scaffolding under you to fall apart or whatever. I think a lot about games um, and immat- immaterial technologies. Like we think about tech- game technology being ray tracing. Uh, or sweat tracing, if you will, um, or other types of, you know, this is a fast hard drive or whatever. Um, but there are in the world lots of immaterial technologies that are like writing as a technology, right? Um, certain styles of grammar are technologies. And what The Last of Us 1 did for a lot of people was introduce them to a new st- to new kind of game design technologies around things like resource management, certain styles of combat um, even even certain styles of stealth and stealth management around the way resources played out when you got caught. And then it's been many years since Last of Us 1 came out, and those technologies were spread across the entirety of of games, right? Like, you, you think about something like um, Last of Us 1 had the consumable instant kill when you get caught by a zombie thing, right? And now that's mm-hmm. like, yeah, Resident Evil 2 and 3 both remakes both both had uh, a system for that too. This becomes like a pretty standardized thing in in, in the, the world of survival horror games. Um, and Last of Us 1 already had some issues around just like, oh, it's a shooting gallery sometimes. Like, sometimes it's just old shit. So I'm curious if there is new shit on top of the the kind of stuff that you're saying is old hat at this point. Like, do you, are there encounters or sequences where you get that feeling of like, oh, wow, this is, besides the horse in the beginning of the game, which sounds like you don't come back to open spaces again, were there moments where you're like, hey, this is genuinely like, maybe not, maybe not, you know, groundbreaking, but this is, feels new. This feels fresh. There, so in, I played. I for some reason did not played Left Behind, the DLC for la, the la, the the original. Um, so I played that 
um, like two weeks ago. It's short. It's like 90 minutes, two hours. Um, it's worth playing because um, it's like 90% story, like 10% combat. Um, but one of the things that's introduced in Left Behind is the – and I just I just – I didn't realize this wasn't in the original – was the notion of sort of in the infected and human soldiers – being in scenarios at the same time in the last of us, it's pretty much th- those are divided um, sort of right, sequences. Right. Right. Right, um, right. And left behind it's introduced the idea of how can you use the infected as a tool that is more than just, you know, your, your bombs and your, and your bullets. Um, and <clears throat> that's played with uh, a, like a couple of times in, in the, 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 you know, the, the 10 or so hour, 10, 12 hours that I've played in part two, not enough to, like make it f- like feel fundamentally different, but I mean it is sat like it is satisfying during the couple of sequences to like have a well placed <laughs> bottle and then just watch everyone you know lose their shit. But it's not I don't know. There's like there's not a, an additional strategic layer. Like right. there are often times where I coming into a combat scenario, I don't have tools to like set up the sequence in a way that like I'm going to see how A, B, and C plays out. Um, like setting certain traps or anything like that. I don't know, Rob, you could illuminate if there's more of that further in the game. But, you know, like, for example, there you get early on, you get access to sort of like a trip mine, but you can't throw it. You have to set it right in front of you. And this is a game where the moment you get within, like, breathing distance of something, whether it's a human or an infected, like, you're screwed. Like, you're, then, com- then, like, stealth is over, com- you know, like, active combat's beginning. And so there just, there were lots of times where I'd survey what was in front of me I was like, wow, I wish I had tools to try and do a couple of things before active combat takes over. And really all you have is uh, to, to, to stealth knife um, enemies. And eventually you can get access to like a uh, uh, a silencer that you can put on, on your pistol. So you have some options there, but l- less than I would have hoped, um, at least for the through the period of the game that I'm in so far. I think like... Things that are new to this game, uh, but don't feel particularly new to me. You can go prone and there's t- lots of tall grass. Oh, and so yeah. a big part of this game is like uh, you can just hit the deck when someone has eyes on. And a lot of times there's like going to be a tuft of tall grass that you can uh, you know duck into. You can sort of slither around like a snake and uh, wait for somebody to pass by and spring up and, and you know, knife them. See that, uh, see that knife sequence for the six hundredth time. Uh, was yeah, it a ex- lot of repeated death kill. kill I well, because ninety percent of your kills are a knife, like eighteen times, twenty times. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you uh, joked out the same person? I thought they all had unique same names. character model. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, so that, stuff know, that stuff that spe- had been spe- speaking to that because I don't want to forget this is that you know yeah one of the talking points on this game has been you know you will you know we've we've given like unique names to the different enemies that you're fighting and they're going to, you know, bark out those names when they're missing. And that's supposed to like emotionally ground, you know, the, the, the 800th soldier that, you know, you've, the 800th uh, Garrett that you've taken down is finally going to take a toll um, on you. But there was a sequence where I just gotten access to these trip mines and, uh, and like, when you get a new tool, the game will like, you know, will usually set up a scenario where it's like, hey, you should, you know, you should probably use it here and see how it works. And then that'll set you up for future encounters. And so uh, I walked into that area and I was like, oh, the game clearly wants me to like set this up, walk away. They're going to always go down this one path so I can see what happens. And 
So I set the trip mine down. I, I go around the corner and they come through. And this trip mine doesn't just like th- send them flying. Like you see ch- like chunks mm-hmm. of their flesh. Yeah. Like, like it is horrifying. And there is no reaction from, from Ellie. Just nothing. Like just zilch. Like this explosion happens two feet from me. And just no, no elevated breathing, no comment. Um, not like a like a holy shit. It's just wow. Those people blew up. Time to move on to the. I think I think I saw Garrett over d- down the uh, field. Right. I think I need to <laughs> go, go get uh, him. Two things. Uh, one, the most reliable use case I found for the trip mine was when I was bugging out and just like, oh shit, I'm running. And there's like 50, just like there's a train you. of zombies behind me. Just fling it at my feet. And the thing is, like, usually you will have just enough distance that like, will you get a little splash damage? Absolutely. Will it be way more efficient than trying to dodge around and like work your way out of this? Hell uh-huh. yes. Like, you're just like, oh no, I really fucked this up badly. Bleep. It's it's like the banana peel in Mario Kart, which just like wipes out the entire pack behind you. Uh, but the other thing that I cannot stress enough, and this is part of. This is reflected in every layer of the game. This game is fucking gory. Like Last of Us one was grim and dark. This one uh, early on, one of the first thoughts I had was. Man, that is a really ridiculously detailed exit wound. Uh, and then later, I thought I had was, wow, that is a hell of a skull crushing animation. Um, God. And I saw multiple like if you if you want if you want a game where you really have time to meditate on like facial exit wounds, boy, does The Last of Us like set the bar high. Sometimes it'll just surprise you. Like you'll like hip fire your hunting rifle at somebody and shoot them in the leg, which is usually not an amazing shot, but sometimes it rips their fucking leg off and they start crawling around the grass, like screaming. What's the emotional effect there for you when that happens? Is it like, what is it? None. Oh, after a point, I started to get exhausted of it. Mm. Like, well, I guess that's what I mean. I guess that that's what I mean. Like it, it doesn't, it like the effect is probably to make you horrified or like, I don't well, know. Was I? Am I supposed to shoot him in the hand instead? It's like the game gives me a <laughs> right. like another like a like a uh, a friendlier option to deal with the encounters. It's all just death. But it's just it does such a like it is just unrelentingly bleak. And I will say this: one of the things this game is going to do is as you go through your revenge quest, at some point in the story, it's going to want to like it will sort of. Uh, flip things around so that you begin to understand a little bit more about the context behind the people you're hunting. And that will retroactively inform a lot of what you've seen and done and be like, oh, like I like, oh, shit, that person did have a name. Oh, shit, that dog was somebody's dog. Uh, At that point, it does have an emotional effect, but it's also just again, it's a very manipulative one. But I think also there's just an element of they serve this tone in such large quantities that it does begin to have an emotional effect. And the emotional effect, like by probably halfway through this game was, I think everyone in the story would have been better off if all the main characters just fucking died. 
Like, <laughs> fuck this, all. Like, this game turned me against Ellie at a certain point where I was just like, okay, we need to call time on this. This this sucks. And it is clear, like, even the narrative, this has become a ridiculously self-destructive uh, quest. And the game makes that point, And then it's like, all right, we're only at 50%. Not in terms of length, but like intensity. Right. Now we're going to really crank it up till it's just unfucking bearable. It's so easy for me to anticipate the response to what you've just said, which is like, yeah, dude, that's the point, right? Like, yeah, dude, like it's supposed to be dark and it's supposed to be about how just like in the first one, you came to not trust Joel. Maybe you don't trust Ellie this time and cycles of violence and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is is your feeling? I know you're trying to take a sip. You go ahead and take a sip. I'll 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 keep I'll keep. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just gesturing like contemptuously with a whiskey glass. That is what you're doing. But like you know that that's coming, right? You know that the read here yeah. is going to be in the first game. By the end of it, you were supposed to not like Joel very much, and here it is years later. And maybe by the end of this one, you're going to see that Ellie is also c- caught in the same cycles of violence and blah blah blah. Which is not you know my personal read. Yeah. But but I'm curious if you how you think about that read and whether or not you think that that's a fair or a yeah i mean i I think i think that is correct this is clearly a game that wants to elicit that feeling it is clearly a game that wants to repel you from characters that you previously liked it is a game that wants you to question uh their perspective and whether or not there's any like you know heroism to what they're doing but at the same time these are not these are not interesting points. They're certainly not interesting points to make and repeat for like 30 hours. Like right. that's that's the thing. It's like I suppose if this were the first piece of media where these thoughts had occurred to me, <laughs> I would be floored Oof. by the achievement here. Uh but instead, this is this is a piece of media where where like probably six, eight hours in, you're like, okay, I think I know where this is going. And you do. Like you 100% do like uh, by the time I had sort of chased down the first couple people that, uh, you know, I was hunting, uh, I could have basically drawn you a map for where the story was going. And by and large, I was correct. Uh, you know, if you've seen <laughs> any number of revenge movies or revenge right. westerns, some of which you like all of this, many of which you like. In fact, the fact that you like them is maybe part of why you're able to read this so well. I have Rob to, and I both generally liked The Last of Us as well. Right. Like I, I yeah. really enjoyed my time with that game. Like f- flawed, not not arguing. It, it, you know, I agree with a lot of the criticism of that game, but like it was a game that I, on the whole, enjoyed and was curious to see where they would take that going forward. Right. Oh. Let me throw the car in reverse here for a second, too. Please. Mm -hmm. The Last of Us. Uh, I think the Joel, like by the end, like Joel's the monster, Joel's the villain. I actually think, I thought at the time, and now I'm pretty confident in it, that 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 take was overstated. uh, Both just in its general like critique of the game, but also in how much the text of the game actually supported that reading. Uh, I think The Last of Us is really boilerplate zombie fiction in some ways. Mm -hmm. And I think while Joel was like kind of your, a textbook case of like, when we talk about toxic masculinity and like, uh, violent patriarchy, he's a character that can be used to illustrate those very, very well. 
But in terms of what the text of the game suggests, uh, I don't think it's as black and white that he is the villain by the end. I think a lot of what they do with Joel is they set up why he would do uh, what he does by the end. And it's not just born by grief, but the end of the last of us is he basically refuses to let the fireflies sacrifice Ellie, even though theoretically it's going to, you know, provide the salvation of mankind. But throughout the entire game, we've seen again and again that like everybody thought they were going to be the salvation of mankind and they were all full, like they were all full of shit. Like they were all sort of self, you know, self-seeking assholes. Right. Either they were they were actually abusive, or they were too optimistic about the what they had and and the the settlement that right. they've been building. Or the whatever. Fireflies right. are a disgraced revolutionary movement that is on its last throw throw of the dice. Right. Like they have basically their movement has failed uh, for a variety of reasons, and Ellie and the Cure is not just a, a good for mankind that they can they can give, it is also kind of their way back. Right. And so, to me, it was never quite open and shut that, like, oh, well, what Joel did is completely monstrous. Everything that the story does is inform you why someone like Joel might, at, the, at that moment, flinch and say, I'm not just going to let you vivisect a child. Um, and, and, but, and also, I'm not going to let her have a say in it. Right, this was always well. Nobody was going to let her have a say in it. Like, like yes, Ellie was like in in the first game. Ellie had there was a vibe that she kind of knew that it just didn't make sense that she could be experimented on and like not have that kill her. Right, like she kind of has a feeling that when Joel talks about the future, she ain't got one. She kind of has that feeling, but she doesn't know. Right. And but the, when he does the violence life. in the name of her, it is not so that she can make an informed decision. He doesn't break that into that hospital room and say, now, wait a second. You By wake her way. up and show her the form and make her sign on the dotted line. Like that is, the fireflies that is don't it. give that option. They're like, yeah, I know. But he doesn't demand it out. either. Do you know? Like, I, yeah, I, I know. But, you know. but yeah, regardless, 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 I think you're right to say that 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 reading does not does not hold to the degree that I think it was popularized at the time, partially because. I think a lot of people were like, I'm not happy with this ending, but I really liked my time with this thing. What is the read that lets me settle those two things together? Um, and also, frankly, at the time, I, I realized pretty quickly from talking to people who were not in my immediate circles, when people say things like, I wish Joel was my dad, I was like, oh, this game, the language, the text doesn't, it, it, the text is multifarious. Like the, the text has a bunch of different readings in it. And for you, Joel comes across like this really good dad figure and not like someone who is filled with toxic masculinity. Um, And that is – it has struck me as the years have passed that maybe you're right. That this is supposed to be the, about a story about someone who decides in the – in you know, against all all odds to, you know, protect the soul of one child instead of saving the world. And that is – and that is like a true thing about the moral of that story in in some ways. Um, uh, Regardless, I think – I think – where are you going with that coming back now into this one? Do you see that the way those actions happened are now reframed or not reframed or just echoed? It will stun you. It's <laughs> a channel Todd Draper here. Yeah, again. Uh, it will shock you how much the ending of The Last of Us never happened. Right. Okay. Uh, great. Even though like, – even, even though the, it is- the, the whole ending or just the mm. little conversation – the little – 
moment the choice where is made at the end okay. and right the the ending conversation right i always read that as she knows he's lying me too like mm-hmm. she yeah. chooses 100%. to go along but like the way she says okay yeah it is that moment when you realize you can't distr- you can't trust your parent yes and this is this is the other reason like why that fucking game worked uh the performances were tremendous in that in that game right uh you know uh, especially Johnson her and Troy Baker she re- like really sells especially like I think part of the reason people continue to argue over that final moment is because of her specific saying of the word yeah. okay she, she right? injects like, it with an ambivalence that is real and that and that allows you to fill in the, the gaps the way you build up a reason you know you build up a read so you might think like I certainly went into this thinking okay uh that moment like if you're in continue the story the story with these characters a lot of it's going to be about the fallout in their relationship. That does not come up as much as you might think. Like it does. It 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 becomes a thing that is revisited uh, throughout the game in, in various ways. But it is surprising how much the game just kind of walks back Ellie's awareness. Hmm. Also, given that that was – it's also surprising from – the sense that that was also the conversation around the game and has continued to be what has <laughs> kept that game in sort of like the, the public consciousness in terms of like when people bring up and want to debate the game, it's about that. It is about that yeah. moment. It's about that choice. It's about that ending. It's about your readings of that ending. And that's it's surprising that that's also doesn't become the crux of or at least some like major crux of, you know, the through line for the sequel. Yeah, I don't I don't think it, the thing is like the deception becomes a major like plot point throughout the game, but how it would change their relationship dynamic, it doesn't really follow through all the like knock-on consequences there would be. Instead, it kind of keeps uh resetting to a point where like does Ellie know what know They're what besties happened? Again. Yeah, there's there's a bit of that. There's no so. tension. There's no there's no it just sounds just your uh you know, you're getting excerpts of, a, you know, a father daughter relationship where actually everything's great and right. there's never been a problem. I like and I did a double take where I was like, wait, like yeah. now we're having this, you know, the, this happy. Oh, just Joel and Ellie happy having adventures again. Some of, those, like, those, some of those sequences are fucking great. That's just like, great. A, yeah. Yeah. The, mm, I just uh, in the vaguest possible terms, like a spaceship, like my God, like an incredible sequence. But yeah, uh, so I, I think it doesn't really have a lot of stomach for exploring all the like emotional complexity that will stem from the end of that game. And I think one of the things it does, in addition to sort of uh, changing the context you have for a lot of the actions you take throughout The Last of Us 2, uh, it also, once you get really invested in some other conflicts that are completely external to everything else uh, you've seen in The Last of Us 1 and that has to do with Ellie. Like, uh, we remember that brutal E3 trailer where, like, somebody's just getting fucking, like, hammer yeah. on bone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Um, yeah, and it's no characters we recognize. Yeah. Uh, there's a good reason for that. It has nothing to do with the main characters <laughs> that we recognize. Like, by the time that, that sequence appears in the game, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's tense. Uh, but at the same time, we are now like at this point, we're just exploring 
other parts of the setting, which is fine, but it's not terribly. Again, it's it's more. Well, it, 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 it sounds like maybe you're articulating that the the game is desperate to hold on to Joel and Ellie, but wants to explore parts of this world in which it then has to force those characters into those parts of this world. But maybe it would have been better served. Look, you want to make a Last of Us Part Two, then you know do something with a different set of characters that can better ground them emotionally in like those specific circumstances. Whereas uh, maybe sometimes this game is coming across as like, well, we, I want to see Seattle. Like, how do we, how do we get them to Seattle and see some of these other factions that exist across as opposed to it feeling naturalistic that uh, yeah. you'd get there. Which is a difficult thing, I think, because one of the things you're hitting at here is so much of what the, so much of what the conversation around that game is is about just those those two characters and those relationships. But even in that first game, there was a lot of, of post-apocalyptic anthology work there. It's a lot of, now we're in this town, what's the little micro post-apocalyptic story here? Who's here? What's What are their relationships? Here's and Rob, a- this game opens with a bunch of that shit and then just leaves that place behind. Like, I would have loved, wouldn't you have loved, I would have played a 30-hour game that takes place in the opening area of this game and explored what is it like to be in I guess space, like yeah. you, you start you start in a ta- you start in a ta- like a functional city right, okay um, and you know things are good there because Edison bulbs are strung on every single surface <laughs> <laughs> warm light that is that's the last that's of us that's the last of us love language right and then um, the acoustic guitar I'm guessing about yep. the acoustic guitar I don't know if that's actually but like there, there's but. you know there are there are sh- like there is commerce there is there are restaurants um like there, there, like a, a society has sprung up here that is more than just <laughs> often what you see in like apocalyptic fiction, which is like just a barely strung together town that's going to fall apart the moment whatever the external threat is comes. Like this is a place that feels fortified. It feels sturdy. I feel like it's not going anywhere, even if somebody dies when they're going out on a patrol. Right. And I found that to be like really fascinating. And the further I got from that area, the more I thought, Boy, I would have preferred some sort of story that was far more centered in the politics of this town and what it is like to to run it to inter- like because there's you can imagine a lot of interpersonal drama that would occur just as the result of this external world like the right. world that you're in right. and the pressures that would put on um, trying to you know because there's also politics right there's like a mayor right like the um, one of the first main characters you come across is 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 one of them and. Uh, would have loved to spend more time with her. Well, and you learn, I think one of the cool things you learn about is it's easy to assume, oh, Joel and Ellie have to be the most interesting people in this town. Like, think of all <laughs> no. the things they went through. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, like opening of the game. <laughs> Nobody gives learn, a like, shit. Yeah, it turns out like, oh man, like no no girl in Ellie's age cohort could be anywhere near as much of a badass. And then you learn like somebody else, like somebody else is like, yeah, I was killing dudes by the time I was 10. I got, <laughs> there's some, there's some bad stuff. I got caught oh. up in some bad stuff. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that wasn't her. Uh, You learn about some, like, old timer who had this completely other, like, secret life. Oh, that's great. The the reveal of that is amazing. Right. No, like, and I think more of that anthology work uh, would have done well. Not just, and and I mean that, not just in the, uh, like, the Pittsburgh sequence in The Last of Us, I think is your quintessential, like, 
what works about that game, but also how boilerplate it is. Yeah, right? Totally. Like, oh, you meet a uh, brother, like two brothers, uh, older and younger, and you become fast friends, and uh, you really, like, get through a lot of shit together, and then, oh, no, one of them got bit! Right. And he turns, and it ends with uh, both of them, uh, both the brothers getting killed. Uh, also, one of the very few, like, Maybe only black the characters? only black characters in that game. In, in that game. Uh, Ry- Riley is black, right? In Left Behind. Is that right? Yeah. Is that her name? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, like, did that beat works well in The Last of Us 1, but also it's like I've seen this in every zombie movie. Like, right. this, like I've seen this scene so many times. The Last of Us 2, I think, does have kind of a cool... Um, okay, as a work of zombie fiction I really like is World War Z. Because one is it's really interested in like infrastructure and systems like that is what that book is about is like, hey, Mm -hmm. how does the late 90s neoliberal order collapse? And like the zombies are like kind of the cause, but like not really. Like the entire book is about all the systems that are going to collapse, but also about where resilience happened and how society is moving on. Like the entire backdrop of that book is society is being rebuilt along different lines in different places, but by and large, like the world didn't end and now it's rebuilding and they're, and, and people are just recovering from that. Uh, the last of us, I think in the opening zone gestures toward that, where it's mm-hmm. like, Hey, you're in a place where the end of the world is history. And now there's a new world being built. And then it leaves all that behind to go back to, and I mean, like, <laughs> visually, this game is, like, indistinguishable. Like, you go into the city, and everything looks the exact same. It's, like, it's just all, like, mildewed, dank, con- like, r- rotting concrete right. interiors, uh, you know, crumbling floorboards, uh, you know, mildewed wall- wallpaper. It's like ra- rare, like, you go into a church once very briefly, and, like, that's, like, a like okay at least aesthetically this looks a, a, like a tiny bit different yeah but otherwise yeah you're spending a lot of time like flicking on your flashlight and looking at concrete and waiting for an icon to glow so you can get some tape that you don't need well better build <laughs> really another don't. bomb so i can pick up that tape. all that all that just briefly all that crafting stuff is basically similar to the same oh as, yeah as it was. Totally. yeah like, at, likewise like the, the combat yeah, like the the stuff basically yeah, com- outside combat's of pretty much hiding the same. in the grass like, yeah, they've, yeah. Uh, you know, like they've uh, t- tweaked the melee. Like, so there's not like a, uh, a like a like a one or two time or three time use one hit kill. It's like anytime you go up behind, you have the stealth kills, and then you also have melee weapons that can like stun an enemy and then allow you to one hit right. kill them. So it's like if like a basic infected, you can hit them with a bat. And but then I would stunned. not say melee combat is is Naughty Dog's strength. Like no, it's it's you, no. you just spam the. I mean, well, that's always that's always. But the, so that was part of the reason that I fell for The Last of Us as much as they did is that I've played all the Uncharted games and don't particularly like them, but at various like enjoy a lot of the spectacle. Like I get just enough out of the cinematic flair that I keep coming back to them, despite in the moment to moment combat being like, I am not enjoying any of the (laughs) main part of this game, which is shooting people. Um, But I really liked the combat of last of us because it's really slow. It has, um, as we've mentioned multiple times before, um, 
as as Dia, you know, in reviewing uh was it Shadow of the Tomb Raider, you know, your okay. stealth is only as good as, you know, the combat that um occurs after it. I think Last of Us does a really good job of having really satisfying stealth and the moment it breaks, having really satisfying frenetic uh like combat, yeah. like you can get out of the situations. Like you can't truly like fuck it up early, but like it's it's fun to roll with it, and you have options. And it, the Last of Us, even though it presents as a stealth game where you should be really cautious, it's also a game that really rewards. And this is true of the original and, and the new one. Really rewards you being aggressive. Yeah. Like wants you to kind of get in there. Like think of three things you want to accomplish very quickly, and like do those things, and then see what results of that. And that can be really satisfying where like you, you know, you throw a, you throw a bottle, you get a couple of uh, infected over there. Um, you throw a Molotov cocktail, you put down a timed mine in front of you because once they're on fire, they're going to be coming after you. And then you've already, at that point, you've already snuck off around the corner and then you're sniping them off. Like, so they're, I enjoy, I, I do enjoy that. Yeah. It works for oh, me. Yeah. It works really well. And it still works in this one. It's repetitive. There's too much of it, but there are enough moments where like, you come out of a, a sequence and you're like, fuck yeah, f- yes. Mm-hmm. Like that. And when you've got um, the full suite of tools too, like even by the end of the game, when I was starting to really get towards the like, I'm not sure I like this anymore. Like, I, <laughs> like, I think the best thing to do would be for uh, my character to just get in the fucking sea. Uh, <laughs> I, even when I was at that point, like there were a few moments where like you hit a patrol and these guys are really just huge assholes Mm -hmm. and there was one battle where like i love games that make you feel like you're the goddamn predator Uh uh-huh and this game like when you are fully kitted out you feel like the predator right where like you have so many different ways to just fuck with people uh different silent weapons uh different sorts of traps you can set up uh you've you've stealthed around so much that you even know the map better than the AI does at this point. And so you just like turn it against them. Uh, When that all comes together, it's pretty fucking good. And you don't (laughs) even care when you go loud because like you can also just get back into stealth. And so, you know, you will just sort of come out of the shadows, shoot some shit, shoot somebody and then like ghost again. It's very cool. Even even I, who is probably the the weakest on Last of Us 1, uh, last was part one, I guess now retroactively. Uh, loved a lot of the combat stuff. Like I, I've never felt as uh, you know me. I love it when a when a plan falls apart. I just love it mm-hmm. in in that moment of like, oh, I have a good idea, and then you get two thirds of the idea down, and then that third part happens. You're like, oh shit, this did not go as planned. I gotta I gotta quickly <clears> come <throat> up with something. That game was so good at that, and like that is the the only thing that's keeping me curious about this game and whether or not I should play it is because. The highlights of of that first game, especially playing on whatever the second to highest difficulty was, I remember there was like four difficulty options, maybe or something. I, I, I you can, so you can change this one. I don't know what you can do in the first yeah. one. Yeah, and actually, I do want to in, in, in highlighting this. There's a couple of uh, really smart UI things that this game does that I wish more games would pick up on. So one, you can change the difficulty in real time, and I'm pretty close at this point to to ratcheting it up one okay. because I, I'm with you. Like I, I I've I, I want these encounters to be a little harsher I want to scrimp on me and at this point. And I want to be punished for playing. Yeah. Like, like and especially yeah. like I'm, I'm like 10 poorly. hours in. I was like, cool. I have a lay of the land mechanically. Right. Now I just need the game to like push back on me a little more when I get into these different sequences. Otherwise I'm going to steamroll my way through and I'll still have a couple of times where 
it'll feel good, but I'm going to have more of them if the game is kicking my ass a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, but so really smart thing this game does is the moment you, the game is, uh, you can do manual saves, but it's saving, it's it's both doing um, like hard saves constantly, like one hard save of for checkpointing. But then when you pause, there are two options. There is restart checkpoint and restart encounter. Oh, wow. So not only can you go back to, and those are separate options, and it tells you exactly how long ago they oh, were. Love it. Like one minute. So there'll be times where it's like previous checkpoint, 10 minutes ago. Previous, or like uh, start over, uh, you know, current encounter, one minute ago. So if you get into something and it's gone wrong and you just want, you don't want to go back to the checkpoint, right. like when you open the area, you just want to start this fight over. The game knows that it has discrete fight encounters and those are separate That's from cool. like entering an area and you can well, absolutely just start those over. And the, the loading times are really fast. Huh. I mean, I'm, I was playing on a pro and it was like 10 seconds later and you're like, boom. Who needs a PS5? I got it. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Uh, but like um, the thing there that's great is sometimes you would go through a segment in Last of Us Part 1 and go like, yo, I did not think it would be three fights in a row like this. I wish I had yes. saved my stuff. Uh, I wish I could go back to the beginning of this entire section and and hold on to my bot, whatever though. I don't even remember what the items were, shivs or whatever, through this first segment and just stealth through and then save them for the back. So I like that you get both of those options. That's good. That's really good. Um, Rob, it looked like you were you were literally putting. No, out I was just, just going to say I was. Um, I like that the ability to save scum a little bit in this game is yeah <clears throat> did make it a lot more pleasant. Like there are pl- there were places where you just don't want to fuck with all these zombies. You just don't feel yeah. like it. Yeah. And like once you stealth past like three or four of them, the thought of having that entire run just derailed because like the last one spotted you and now you got to fight all of them and it's just a whole like rigmarole. No, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't need to repeat those steps because I know those steps like they aren't hard. It's just I don't want to do them again. Yeah. Uh, the ability to just be like, OK, before I do this next leg of the encounter, I'm going to pause here, save here. Uh, and in addition to being backed up by that really good checkpointing system, really did make it a pretty frictionless experience from that standpoint. Uh, but I think there's also like frictionlessness can be taken too far. And I think one of the other things about this is that this is such a game where it is tuned so that you are never at a loss for ideas for even a moment. Like, Again, not just in terms of I know what beats probably going to happen, but in terms of. okay, visually, these two roads diverge, but one of them, your eye is naturally led by a series of like lit textures to a point in the distance. And this other one just isn't as visually dynamic. You can go down it, but it won't go anywhere. Because the way you want to go, you pick up. You pick up pretty quickly. It's like, oh, there's too many vines over there. I'm good. There is. There are no hidden objects over wait, there. Wait, are there. The game not- never hides anything over by too many vines. Like you just you you end up being able to ignore whole sections because that's cool. Like they've already told me. Like that's there's nothing happening over there. Yeah, but then uh, but then you become more aware of oh this is a hallway. Like it was a very right. cleverly disguised hallway, but also it's like. No, man, I'm going to the window that's, like, got the paint around it. Like, there's big orange-red paint all over that wall. That's the building I'm going to. Everything else here, it's, like, you know, slate gray. That ain't shit. I'm going to go to the one with the paint. Yeah. Yeah, and then at that point, the artifice becomes revealed, well, which 
Uh. Oh, and geez, these the the puzzles in this game. Um, <laughs> How many boxes do you push? Uh, How many ladders? Do you not lower? that many. Not Actually, that many. they, the they clearly took Cranks, that criticism to heart. Levers, um, but they love safes. You still do safes. Um, a lot of safes and you like lock picking. Uh, or are you cracking? Like, what's the? Are you you're finding? You're codes. looking around the yeah, environment yeah, yeah. for you know some numbers. Nothing as bad, hopefully, as the Resident Evil Three one, where it's just like numbers circled on a poster nearby. Not not that bad, but not that far okay. off either. Um, you know, but, I mean, it's the kind of thing where uh, if you're in a room and you're like, "Where I haven't found the solution. Maybe it's in the next room. It's not. It's not in the next room. <laughs> you just need to look a little bit more in the room you're in. And it was like, it was really funny. There was one puzzle where I, because the, the, the solutions are almost always uh, painstakingly obvious and right like right next to the, the 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 safe that you're trying to open um there was one where the note that you read says hey the the last digits to this combo are the uh, someone's phone number and i turned around and there was a a board uh that had a bunch of graphics you know a bunch of like uh like poster stuff but only one of them was high res and the only, the only one that was high res had a phone number on it and i'm like Cool. That's it. And it didn't work. Whoa. And I'm like, I'm like messaging Rob. I'm like, is there a bug in this game? Did I find a glitch? Like, what is up? Yeah. It's like right behind me. That's the answer. And he's like, I don't think I sent him screenshots. I'm like, what's going on here? And then I like said, like, he didn't, get, he didn't get back to me. He was probably busy playing the game. And then I, I looked in the bathroom that was, of course, right next to it. Right. And on the wall was another phone number. Which well, was actually, your message just sent me into a bit of a panic because I never like. I don't think I ever saw that. I don't oh, think I ever that found one that that safe. Uh, and so the entire game, I was like, "Wait a second, how much farther ahead in this game is Patrick?" Oh my god! <laughs> and if he was there three days ago, and I still haven't seen this fucking <laughs> oh safe, my god, I'm fucked. Like because obviously, like. You know, it, this is this is Chekhov's safe. Like, if there's a safe, you're gonna have to open it. So, oh, if, if dude, Patrick found I, the safe, what was in there? The best, the best part about it was, uh, I spent roughly thirty. And, you know, my time is so precious, like with kids and my family. Like, and I'm deciding to, you know, I haven't played a lot of games while I've been on break, but I was like, I really wanted to play this. I wanted to do this conversation, and and I was looking forward to the game. And uh, it was like 30 minutes on this fucking safe because it's been oh uh, once God. it went past 10 minutes it was like oh too much time invested now I, I need have, to yeah. solve this <laughs> safe I, I should have just left after a minute or two and been like it's fine there'll be another safe the game is not going to make me miss a crucial item because I couldn't something. find Stacy's fucking phone number <laughs> to, to plug into this well also <laughs> and of course hold on the, be- <laughs> the best part was I opened the safe and I had all the items in. Oh it was my full, God. full, full, full. You literally couldn't take there. anything. You literally couldn't. <laughs> but you open that fucking safe. Whoever's going to come behind you is going to be real thankful. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I mean, that is kind of the thing is like if there's if there's an obstacle, like the thing is right next to it. And it, it like I knew what kind of game I was in for when very early on. You get a list of door codes. It's a pretty long list. <laughs> yeah, the, the West 2. Yeah, North and one. so you might think like, okay, this is just world building. Like only like one of these codes is what I need to unlock the next gate. 
by the end of that chapter, you will have used every single <laughs> oh code. God. Like the game gives you no. the reference sheet you will require to get through every single obstacle in the section. Just happen like to be school, in one of those outposts. It's like old school copy protection where you would have like a manual to you know, like a computer game that required you to like. All right, oh, open do you ever the, have the wheel? Yeah, the wheel. You had like to a spin? code wheel. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna keep the playing Sierra this games, game, I think yes, had that. totally. Uh, so yeah, just well, that's utterly s- absurd. Well, and that's why uh, during that o- like the the kind of openish Seattle sequence, there is a moment where you come across so, and then kind of like a the open area where you have the horse. Um, you know, you've got this map, and as you come across, the, the game is making sure to call out um, buildings you should ignore and buildings that might have a curiosity. So it's like when you walk by something, the Ellie will say something, mark it on her map, and it'll be a question mark. So you know that you can kind of explore, come back, and then, you know, go through all the things that might be meaningful. Um, As I was doing that, like, initial sort of walkthrough, I find just a locked door, and the door's just locked. And then Ellie goes, oh, that's curious. Now, on one hand, I'm like, seems like you could just fucking bust this door open. Like, (laughs) doesn't seem like we need to be, like, constrained by this lock. I could, can I shoot it? But, you know, whatever. And, but I was like, that, that, that key has to be like right here because that's how these games work. This key is around the corner. And so I'm going around and around and around. No indication. I'm taking uh, one of the new mechanics in, in part two is that you can break open like glass windows. And so there'll be maybe storefronts that there's no easy way in. Like the door is barricaded, but you could like, you know, uh, use your knife or a brick, um, bust open a door and you can jump in. And so I'm taking, I'm looking for spare, I'm going across the map, finding bricks and bottles, because there was a certain spot in that area that you could collect a couple of them, throwing them at the windows connected to this area, and of course they don't break, like, because you're not meant to to break those, and so I'm sort of losing it, I'm like, every every puzzle has the solution within five feet, so what's going on? I finally just gave up, and I was like, I'll just come back here, I guess, and then of course, in a completely random other spot of the map, you go into a bathroom and there's just a key that says like, hmm, this is a funny looking key. I wonder if this goes somewhere else oh. on the map. And like on some level, I was glad that it was somewhere else, like meaningfully away. Yeah. On the other hand, it was it was like it also felt completely forced. Like the game is just really struggles with how much handholding it wants to do um, to a degree that it, it ends up hurting itself um, and just not. Just not trusting the player enough to to do their own, you know, sort of puzzles. For what it's worth, I thought you were going somewhere else with that, which was, and then 20 minutes later, the door unlocked because enemies had to come through it. And then the area that I could see would be chest high cover, shooting gallery became a chest high cover, shooting gallery, or the we had to run through there. And it reminds me that one of my one of my biggest takeaways, one of my biggest problems with the original uh, Last of Us was the degree to which you ever watch cartoons when you were a kid and before there's an establishing shot and then something is about to happen and you see what the gag is because part of the the screen is a different color than the rest of the screen? It's like, oh, wait, that's the object that Tom is about to pick up and try to hit Jerry with because it looks like it's different than the wall behind it. Like, or this is the door that's going to open because it's not the same, like, mm-hmm. rotating thing. And and The Last of Us Part 1 was filled with that for me. It was like, oh, yeah, this is where I'm going to have a gunfight. Here is where I have to get a sniper rifle. Here is where this, you know, I'm going to lose access to all of my equipment because I'm going to fall into the water or whatever it is. It, 
it, it, it, it's what Rob was saying earlier about the kind of the way it would telegraph certain things. Um, did you find that with the combat stuff or like that, the transition between exploration into combat or, or is that a, a smoother process this time? There are what Rob, there's like a couple, there are sequences where you are in an area where you're freely exploring and then it's hard to tell if like a patrol just like happened to walk over by you or the game realizes like, Hey, we're going to let you explore this little area and then we're going to trigger a patrol to come regardless. Um, it must be that I, there's yeah. not much in, in this game that is, is outright dynamic <clears throat> and would actually, I mean, the game would really benefit from like, there's just, it's a game of being just no tension. Scared. Yeah, exactly. Narratively, you're supposed because, to be scared all the time. And, and it would really benefit from, uh, having laid out, uh, sequence combat sequences where like hey we're putting this, these enemies in specific spots because we we think it's unique and you're going to have to do something different in order to accomplish it or they have a, a certain idea but it would just it would just generally benefit from lots almost all the time just having random things show up just to kind of fuck with you because otherwise you just get into this routine where you just loot ah, here's another building like time to go find the six things to loot and other than as like Rob alluded to like the jump <clears throat> sequence that like will come every once in a while when you open a door, you just, there is never a time where it's like, I've spent a little too much time <laughs> checking out this record store. Right. And now six infected have showed up because I spent too much time when that would make all the sense in the world for there to be herds of infected or even just all these patrols because the faction you're going up with in the first third of the game, I don't know for six of the game based on the way Rob's talking about it. Um, <laughs> is everywhere they're they're omnipresent like you you should be running into them all the time and it just doesn't feel that way and it's because they want this very discreet explore combat explore combat but i think the game would really benefit from pressing you back into those or saying fuck it i don't want to i'm going to stop exploring this area or i'm going to come back and hopefully that you know herd will have gone away which is actually something days gone a game i did not like particularly much was gesturing toward that in like the horde mechanic that they yeah, had with right. like, you know, dozens of like they were working towards trying to solve that problem in a different way and it didn't work. Um, but, but the last of us could, could have benefited from that uh, quite I, a bit. I think, I think see for me, like so much of this just feels like issues with naughty dogs philosophy, just all coming home to roost. Uh, much as they do for some of the characters in this game, right? These are uh, things long in the making that are starting to, to land. I think one of the things that made uh, Naughty Dog's action games popular is that I've loved the Uncharted games. Loved Uncharted 2, playing that, um, was one of my best experiences of that generation. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a big part of that was the thing they did uncannily well was give you the feeling of actually being the character in like a big summer blockbuster adventure. You're just going to sl somehow slip away and yeah. dodge that bullet and make it around the corner. And the thing that, but and that works because it is a summer action adventure. Like, so it feels right that Nathan Drake just gets out of that collapsing building by the skin of his teeth right. and quips on his on his way out. That feels right. You're like, yeah, like your hand was held through it, but it feels so good to go through that sequence 
in one go, just see it all unfolding around you, uh, escape it. And you're like, damn, I did that. Like that, that rule, that was cool. Um, it begins to fall apart when the vibe is the last of us and is trying to at least evoke more of a survival game, right? This is more of a, it is a hostile world. You are a, uh, vulnerable actor in it. And when the game is constantly trying to make it so that, mm, don't worry, you'll be, you'll be fine here. You, you know, yeah. you know what the score is. You are fighting against that, but it is, it is what Naughty Dog has tended to do. Uh, some of the decisions they make here, like, I don't remember there being like audio cues to let you know when an area had been completely cleared. Like, I don't remember there being like they, they remark every single time whenever you are. I want to say every single time you are you you hit a discreet. The body encounter. will still be hitting the floor, and then and like you like Ellie or a character you're with will remark. I think that's all of them, right? And you and then you go cool time. It's looting time. Um, nom, nom, nom. which just d- removes all, <laughs> yeah, yeah, put this duct tape in my mouth. Uh, it, re- it removes all tension it, and it's not the kind of tension that it's going for, which is, uh, oh, take a b- big sigh of relief. Instead, it's cool. You know, all right, time to switch to the, the other phase binary. of the game. I, I, right, right, right. Yeah. It's binary in a way that, um, you never feel like you're going to go around a corner and you fucked up. Or you, again, like we said, you you know spend too much time in a room. It's always just you know when the danger is going to arrive, or when you don't know it, it's because you're in a cutscene and they can control the camera and it's a it's a specially timed jump scare or or what have you. Contra- contrast this with like the Mr. X stuff in the Resident Evil 2 remake with oh the my God. Stalker yes, games. This needs, some, the, this needs some Mr. Right, X energy right. for sure. Even that most oh. recent Metro game, which I don't think any of us loved, had moments where you were like, oh shit, I thought I cleared this place. <laughs> I did not. Some Someone is rolling up on me, right? Like, well, there are other models. I think, like, yes, the intervening years, I don't think have been kind to the, to the, to the Last of Us in some ways because uh, Resident Evil 2 is a game that occurred to me many times throughout this where I was like, Oh, I just played a way better version of this. Like it controls yeah. better. It is more convincing in its suspense. Right. Uh, it it's systematizes it. it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, in terms of exploring the world, I was like, you know, I should go back to dying light, which is a thing I think probably <laughs> once every three years yeah. and I get to the same place in dying light. And I'm like, I suck at dying light. I hate this. <laughs> Uh, but nevertheless, but that game does that shit. Curse. That game totally yeah. does that shit. Yeah, right. No, when the, like when Dying Light is like, hey, do you think you can make this run across the city through this like perilous, uh, you know, this perilous path that you have found? Right, like you know your route. You've scouted it. It is yours. Like you could go other ways, uh, but you have your preferred. You know, you have your landmarks and all that. Like that game now exists too. And so when The Last of Us is trying to evoke it, well, we have to get through, you know, this this neighborhood. It's pretty treacherous. It's like, man, it's a hallway. It's not even as complicated as Ravenholm was, like, you know, de- like uh, 15 years ago. Uh, and and so I think it does begin to just grate a little bit because after a point, the gap between what the game is trying to suggest and then all the ways it so patently is not that, just in terms of how it is designed, just keeps getting wider. And uh-huh. because this game is interminable, you have plenty of time to internalize all its logic. And so even if you're a little rusty on The Last of Us, by the time you hit what you hope will be its last act, 
uh, you know pretty much everything that it's doing. Right. And there, there, I wish there were more. There's a uh, combat sequence um, maybe six hours into the game. My guess is you'll remember this one, Rob, where you're sort of in an underground. It's one of the first ones where you have infected and uh, human enemies together. And there's a big red light in the back of the room. It's kind of in a subway. It's 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 striking. Like it looks like to, to describe it is like it is mostly there is there it's complete darkness and then there is just this overpowering red subway light in this area and you just can't see and, and you're not you, you can't turn on your flashlight because now there are human enemies in the last of us world the infected respond to sound and not to visual stimuli so you can have a flashlight on right in front of them and they're not going to do anything so long as uh, you don't sort of attract their attention. But you can't have that on because there are humans around. And this red light is just blinding. It is. It, it actually has a – it evoked uh, sort of like some of the best visual images in Control where it can use uh, colored lighting in really striking dynamic ways. And it made the, the – the encounter itself was nothing special, right? It's just – Here's a handful, two enemy type, three enemy types, two different types of infected and 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 humans with different uh, weapons. But it was using the aesthetic in a way that like was so uncomfortable mm. and so oppressive that it made the whole character of the fight feel fundamentally different. And it just doesn't do that very often, or at least that's not been my experience. Yeah, no, that, that fight is like it's so lurid that the entire thing has a hallucinatory quality. Like, yes. and what you're supposed to do, pretty fucking obvious. There's dudes hunting you, there's zombies <laughs> Throw nearby, a bottle and, there's and a then flick. let the infected yeah. fuck up those humans. <laughs> right. And it's still satisfying. Right. It's still great. Yeah, you're like, I'll bet this will be awesome. And it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the, yeah, it is really cool that, like, you are running around there and the dust motes are being so blown out by this. Like, they're catching the red light. Yeah. That, like, it's just shadows emerging from this, like, pool of red uh and you will like run headlong into enemies and just brush right past each other because like nobody can see shit it's really cool but yeah there like there's one other sequence like that um and then by and large it is again like go through this drab building see right. how, yeah. see how it treats you right um i think i'd be remiss not to bring up or, or ask questions about to the degree that you're allowed to talk about it uh, the kind of queer content in the game, right? Uh, uh, Ellie is a lesbian, uh, or at least as far as I know, based on previous game stuff. Uh, we know that that she has a partner in this game, or that's a, a key component of it. I don't know how much you would talk about that stuff, uh, or the ways in which that relationship is depicted, whether or not you think that it's well-written or well-acted or important to the story, etc. But I, I, you know, I'm certainly curious uh, to know what your thoughts are there. Um... Well, I think it's really heartening to see that we can have a game where uh, queer characters can be as violent and just utterly loathsome uh, <laughs> as traditional masculine heroes. I'm pride, everybody. Uh, so we did it. Uh, this is representation. <laughs> like, no, I think so. The relationship stuff is well acted. Uh, it's well handled. Um, if you want a taste of how good it is, it's in trailers that have already been up for this game for a year. Like that stuff, uh, some of the most pivotal It's a lot scenes. more of that. Like the, the, right. the, the, the bits between Ellie and uh, Dina are, yeah. they're good. There's some, there's some of the, be- like, 
there's a sequence with a guitar that is like really, really striking and powerful. Um, but um, I don't know. You you finished the game. You know, it's it feels it feels like this is maybe something where probably best suited for we can actually talk about a week two take, not a uh, negative one. Yeah, take. I, yeah. I I do think I think my <laughs> there is a thing that just happened in my game. I'm trying to like wink and nod at, at Rob. So my 10,000 um, foot view of this is at times it feels like this is a game that while, while it does seem to wish to be inclusive, there is also an element of laundering some of its violence and content uh, through queerness. Mm. And like there, there are times I'm playing this and I, and I'm like, it feels like one of the motifs in the last of us series is that a lot can be forgiven if you're just mentoring a young queer child uh, while you just fucking murk people <sighs> right and left. Uh, that is one of the, that is one of the through lines of the last of us. And I think it kind of continues to hold here too. Fuck. Um, God, we've gone pretty deep here. We've gone, we've gone. Hey, guess what? It's the last day of E3, everybody. And we're here at 11 p.m. <laughs> doing hour seven of podcasting. We did, did it anyway. Way. We didn't go. We yeah. did it anyway. It happened. Um, I guess I am curious just at a high level. I I can't quite tell if you're what you think about this thing. I, 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 I your one word to Emmanuel was more. But because I'm me, I want more than one word. Like, Rob, you've beaten this game now. Yeah. Are you are you satisfied? Are you disappointed? Are you frustrated? What is the if you had another word, yeah. if you had a if you had another sentence, if you could t- tell me what's the tone of your review? I mean, uh, we've had this conversation, but I haven't felt the synthesis. Yeah. Um I am trying to I am still working out like how annoyed I am but not not annoyed even like I found this game to be repulsive in a lot of ways and while there's a great deal of craft to it there's nothing new that I haven't seen before and so from that standpoint of like not that every game needs to reinvent the wheel but just I've seen all of this before multiple is the, times. Is this the game from the way Naughty Dog builds their productions where the gap between the quality of sort of like the quote unquote production values and the content that is presented within those production values is the widest? Oof. I think that might- I'm not saying I, I'm, I haven't gotten far enough yeah. a game to like make that. I'm, I'm more presenting that as like a way of thinking through like it is the slickest like like most technically proficient game they have ever made. And that will always continue to, to be the case with Naughty Dog, you know? Yeah, I think, I, I think, but, but I think some of it is, but it's not anymore because this game feels like the studio is kind of like stuck. Like mm. games have changed since the last of us one came out. This game mm-hmm. didn't, the studio didn't. And so part of it is like by the standards of 2013, this game is best in class, but we are a full seven years on from that. Like we've seen multiple games come in and do things in a similar vein 
and do them better. And in some ways it feels like an oddly solipsistic experience. Like this, this is a game that hasn't looked at anything else that's happening. This is a game that knew what it knew back when they made the last of us one and does not seem to have learned anything about, uh, like creating a game or telling a story. Um, and the, thing that you get as a member of the audience as you go through all this is I think this is ultimately a very vapid game in a lot of ways. And it's hard to say that because there are so many good beats. Like Naughty Dog still has great beats and there are great performances, right? It sucks to be saying that like all of these great performances yeah. uh, from the cast are in the service of just fucking nothing. But I think they're in service of nothing. Like every single thing that this game sets up is going to land like a, a ton of bricks on your chest. Every single painful moment, every tragic twist. This game wants to be a tragedy. Not only can you see it coming, but it doesn't even really carry itself off that well. And so what does it do is it just goes for the most grotesque, spectacularly violent and morally horrifying thing that could happen. That's what will always happen in this game. And there is a point where, like, where I was basically, I knew I was fucking done. Late in the game, there is a sequence that, if I were to describe it, it wouldn't even make sense to you because it's totally out of context for everything, everything we've talked about. But you're in this, like, real like charnel house of horrors uh, type situation and just screaming over the uh, like radio that is playing in the world is uh, uh, yeah. Just blasting over the radio, like distortion volumes is the black angels uh, first Vietnamese war. Do you know where that song was used? Like really front and center to really set the tone for a game. I do not spec ops the line. Ah, and the minute I heard that, I was oh. like, that's where we're at. Like, right. like, this is it. This is what, and I, and I like Spec Ops The Line. Um, I don't think it was quite as deep as, like, <laughs> our friend, Renny, Renny, yeah. <laughs> right, our good you, friend, Renny I do, Kio. I do. Uh, but, I, like, I, but I think when I heard that music cue, I was like, we're you just back here. We're just doing yeah. this again, uh -huh. where it's yeah. like, Oh man, how could you drop white phosphorus all, on all those people? And it's like, right. yeah, I got it. I'm the player is implicated. I'm the real monster. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. I will, and well, and also briefly, the player is implicated here, but not necessarily, uh, not necessarily in the way that the game might make you think. Right? Let's not forget for a moment that like Naughty Dog and Sony brushed off uh, uh, allegations about sexual harassment. Uh, saying that, in fact, there was no such complaint on file. Uh, you can go back and read that story from 2017, I want to say. And then only a couple of months ago, we, we heard again through Jason Schreier's reporting about the degree of crunch uh, on this project. Um, if the player is implicit, it is not only in, and this is not even me, you know, I, we, we do not have the time to unpack the degrees in which we are all complicit uh, in in uh, ongoing problems in in the world we live we live in because there are too many to count. But in this particular moment, we should we should not forget that this is a studio that 
has not tried, as far as reporting has shown, to seriously reform its labor practices uh, to make it an environment that is safe or or that is non-exploitative. Uh, this game is going to make incredible amounts of money for this company. Um, and yet their employees are continued to, to, to be pushed to the very breaking at ed- breaking edge, um, which is deeply ironic for me because can I, can I give you some lore? This is some, some deep real lore. Do you know the tweet? Do you, do you know the Austin Walker tweet among two uh, of all tweets is, do you ever see a take so bad? Mm-hmm. That tweet is about uh, a bad last of us take. Uh, the oh. one of the worst Last of Us takes I've ever seen. I'm not going to say who, who said it. It's not even on Twitter anymore, but I will share it with you. My fear is that The Last of Us Two is getting made not because the principles of Naughty, not because the principles of Naughty Dog uh, need more money, but that they're doing it for the staff. Their thought is this will make enough money to really take care of everyone who works here for years and years to come. Uh, and there was a follow up tweet to that that was basically like. Some secret. Oh, here it is. Their thought is, or sorry, we should burn down our greatest achievement to help Julian accounts receivable put her kids through college. Well, well, I disagree. Uh, this is someone who is very mad at the idea of there being a Last of Us Two. Uh, someone in the game development uh, field, by the fucking way. Um, and I was just floored. Ironically, all of the time, Naughty Dog's uh, management was such that, in fact. No, th- th- this was not a game done so that they could treat their employees better. This was a game being made in spite of how their employees would be treated to make it. Um, and it is super frustrating to me because like, th- there's no version of this conversation that ever ends with us going, but it's such good art that it was worth it. But on top of that not being a possibility, what you've told me is you're not even moved to even think about having that ar- making that ar- argument. <laughs> that in fact, it's just another one. And I think that's about as damning as... A, you know, you said more as in it's more of the same Last of Us, but also it sounds like what you're saying is, yeah, it's more. It's more of everything that's around us. It's more of the last seven years. It's more of what's come before. And that's, again, I think as as harsh as a critique is, as you can give to something this, you know, with, with such high expectations. Um, though maybe if our expectations for it were lower, the response would be lower. I don't know. Or it'd be different. Um, sorry for dumping that take on you. It's It's a rough one. <laughs> uh any final thoughts here before we wrap up i know it's very late uh thank you both for for, for and kato also for staying up so late oh it's rob i can't wait to play the next 25 hours rob you you are saying. in for a treat my friend i don't even i do not yeah. even think you've seen the tip of the iceberg no it's no why well, um where i can tell i'm at in the story is about where i'm probably going to get a sense of that iceberg and then what you're telling me is no i'm not uh so <laughs> god i mean yeah i'll i'll end up i'll end up playing it through because i want you know i feel like this is these these games in particular are however we feel about them so profoundly influential and as we think you know we did the ps5 stuff this is part of a house style. These games are not going away. No. These types of games are not going away. They are like part and parcel with the types of games that Sony makes. Um, not all tonally like this, but that is that is what the company specializes in. And they're extremely prestige. popular. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're extremely popular, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I, the amount of people who consider The Last of Us to be their favorite game ever made is like widespread, and especially amongst folks that I know that are, you know, not in into video games they just they play video games but they play a handful and the last of us is um really really well regarded and so 
yeah, I find it. I, I will see this through the end, despite the fact that my expectations have been lowered, just because I think it's imp- difficult to understand where games like this are going without understanding sort of like what the pop culture is that the majority of those people are taking in because it ends up informing what comes out. Yeah. Rob, any final thoughts? <laughs> uh, this is really not to the point about the overall quality of the last of us, but I do have to say it just, it strikes me every time I play a naughty dog game, their sound mixes are just the best in the goddamn industry <laughs> though. Like uh, the, like a lot of uh, surround mixes can be a little bit iffy and they don't pan quite well and they don't activate the rears as much. Like the sense of presence you get from how these things, from the way these games are set up and how they sound is truly incredible. Uh, I wish that more games were like a spectacle on that front. Like I, like I don't know how Naughty Dog so consistently nails that part. Um, and a lot of other, like even major releases don't. Uh, so I will say that even though there are lots of, there are many parts of this game that I found uh, just unbearable. There were places where like the technical prowess on display was, was incredible. I would just love to see that put in the service um, of better projects. The sound in general is just really good. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I had heard that the original Last of Us was planned originally with the idea of instead of using when you focus listening, it would be you wouldn't get outlines. It was all about actually just boosting the sound Mm. because Mm. somebody there really is into uh, surround sound systems, but then they scrapped it because how many people have surround sound systems or even surround headsets. So. I mean, presumably that must play into some of the accessibility stuff because they right. haven't they made the argument that you can be uh, more or less completely blind and like play through the majority of this game? Yeah. So I presume that must be related to their to their sound design. God. Okay. Well, we've made it past 11 p.m. We've we've made it to the end of the night here on the East Coast anyway. Uh, Patrick, thank you again so much for for swinging by for this very extra long episode. Uh, I how much would did you? You can tell me off mic, I guess, what your timetable looks like. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I know, I get no, uh, I believe June 24th wow, is that's soon. Uh, when I'm back. Well, I hope you enjoy the so, remainder emergence of Emergence Day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, I liked the first 10 hours of Gears Tactics and then played another 20 hours because it was there. Um, <laughs> I guess, sh- quick shout outs. Is there anything else you played that you want to shout out? Is it? No, nah, we'll do that okay, another time. Okay, no, nah, okay, I, yeah. Okay, I we, we, we can do a, I barely paid attention to game news for Classic, the past. Good. Like, we should do an episode where I ask you questions. Oh, I love it. And you can explain to me what well, Valorant as and like, other things are. Yeah, I can are. talk to you about Valorant. I can talk to you about the Order 1886, uh, which, by the way, Rob, better or worse than... <laughs> <laughs> the last oh. of us part two. Oh, the order just puts last of us two in the ground okay. like, <laughs> oh my god i was so you know what? i'm gonna reinstall the motherfucker right now <laughs> i'm sorry i fed you to the wolves back Rob. Wait, one everyone uh, hey listen order. i'm already halfway <laughs> through it shit do you, you think they're gonna add a, bo- a boost mode to the order on the, the- on the PS5, PS5, yeah. Is that going to be one of the games that gets a frame rate kick? Though uh, they're going to finally, they're going to remove the bars. They're going to remember the whole thing with that game when it came out was people, they, it was 16 right. by 9. It was not just widescreen. It was not 16 by 9 because it was it was even cropped in, right? It was 
extra like super wide because they added bars at the top and the bottom and the people were mad about and it was it. that during gameplay that was during it was all the time 100 percent. so that's like like the evil within did the same yes. thing even though the to evil within the clearly did it because of performance that is 100 <laughs> why they do it here too i it does i don't hate it i don't hate it anyway we'll talk about that on monday rob because i'll probably beat that over the weekend and then we'll have, we'll have some talk uh but but until then you can find me on twitter at austin underscore walker you can find waypoint waypoint dot Vice.com, Twitter.com slash Waypoint. Rob, where can people find you? And your review will be up by the time this is up, presumably. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rob so, Zachary. Uh, Rob Zachary. Sorry. Yeah. I, yeah, no a little, a little, we're not it's in LA, but LA is in us right now. Uh, Patrick. You found me uh, at Patrick Colbeck. Oh, and I'd be remiss not to, to mention that uh, uh, my uh, wife and I are a horror podcast that will probably almost assuredly stop after yeah. uh, we don't have this extra free time. We're, we're trying to remain positive, but uh, if we're if we're being realistic, but we did watch uh, uh, Perfect Blue, the horror anime that um, Austin Toshi uh, joint. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I really pushed pushed my wife out of her comfort zone oh, to, to watch that one. Yeah. So um, she, uh, but we ended up both enjoying it. Okay. So uh, you can that's uh, our podcast uh, till death do us part. Um, you can find that on iTunes. You should watch the rest of everything Satoshi Kone does. Not all of it's horror, but yeah, all no, of it's I want I want to watch. Par- I want. I, it, look, my wife came out of that saying, "I am, I am open to the poss the, mm-hmm, the possibility." The opening, the opening bits of that movie, uh, Perfect Blue, where it's just the most anime ass shit with the crowd talking. I was cringing into oh, my no. chair. I was like, "I fucked up. I fucked up." She's never gonna ever watch another one of these goddamn movies again. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, it it got really good about halfway through. It gets, and yeah, she, it gets really she enjoyed good. Uh, I saw Tokyo she, Godfather she in that Godfather's in. Um, uh, in the theater, literally right before Corona shut everything down, like one of the oh, last wow. things I got to do, and that movie was fantastic to see in a theater. I have the new, never, especially with the new uh, voice cast. I've never been able to forgive Perfect Blue for bowling, pulling the. Oh no, this is really fucked up. Oh wait, it's a movie shoot, it's a movie and it's shoot. like motherfucker that had edits. Eat yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was just not. I, I, I don't love that sequence. That sequence sucks. Um, I guess yes. Uh, uh, content warning: If you go watch Perfect Blue for sexual assault. Uh, yeah. So, Whoops. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, most of Satoshi Kon's stuff does not include sexual assault and is all very good. Please watch Paranoia, Paranoia yeah, Patrick. It's one of the best anime. Yeah, of that's all time. that's next on the next on the awesome. list for me. Uh, and people find Patrick at Patrick Klepek. Uh, I think you may have said that. I don't remember. I hope this ends with Kate becoming a weeb. Oh, uh, it'd be so. I, your kid. Both of his kids are definitely gonna be huge, huge. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. You know, from princess to weeb is the is the arc. Oh God, uh, Kato, where can people find you on Twitter? At a underscore Kato underscore Pierce. Also, please Destiny. everyone. Thank Kato. Oh, Destiny. We have to talk about Destiny on Monday. We'll talk about Destiny. The... No, I'm not going to be here. Oh, fuck. Kato, you have one minute. <laughs> we'll catch up later. Oh, uh, new shit happened. They announced like three expansions. Well, that's all we have time for. No, Wolves. let Kato speak. <laughs> new shit happened. <laughs> well, here's your, here's your long way to Destiny update. Here's Luke Smith. Luke, what have you got, what is, what have you got in Destiny for us now? Uh, new shit. Actually, some of the shit's going away in a vault, though. Uh, but yeah. there is new shit. They made Less the Disney vault, but for video game content. We uh, when I come back, we will talk about okay. this next Friday. Okay, next in a Friday. week for yes. when you're hearing this, Good. we'll talk. About we'll it. talk about it. Uh, some of the stuff. Is the cool. state of Destiny strong, Kato? <laughs> for at least another week, I think. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, we'll okay. see. Never been we'll, a better time to get back into Destiny. <laughs> will the levees hold? <laughs> 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 Where are you going to be Friday? I don't know. Be careful. Um, <laughs> 
Holy shit. Anyway. These, these classic these classic nightfalls won't be around for long. They're going to go back in the vault to be reworked. Oh, my God. All right. With all of that said, thank you, as always, for listening to this extra long podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week for more. Kato, I hope you have a good vacation. Everyone everyone, wish Kato a good vacation. And thank Kato for also staying up late with us today to, and also producing this very late or very thank early tomorrow. So thank you, Kato. Both. It'll be both. It'll, it'll be both. Yeah. <laughs> Fair, fair, fair. Um, all right. Uh, as always, uh, thank you to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B O E N. And um, as always, fuck capitalism. Go home and then hit the streets and raise some fucking hell uh, as we continue to protest for justice in this shitty world. Until next week, peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Cool. Worried that the host at today's PS5 review event looked a little uncanny valley? Sony has now confirmed the presenters were taped at home and they were not pre-rendered. The fuck? People, there had been a conspiracy theory. People were like, oh, those are CG. Those aren't, those people are CG. (laughs) All right. Okay. Yeah. What's the people, what's the mean uh-huh. about dudes have no idea what makeup looks like? <laughs> oh, you're yeah. Uh huh. Like guy guy wears just the faintest touch of eyeliner and like concealer. <gasps> that that's CG. That's CG. That's CG. Bro. Dudes don't look like that. His skin looks like cream. I want to <laughs> eat it. I feel weird. I feel that's that CG to me. He's delicious. Uh-huh. <laughs> Put that arc into The Last of Us. Come on. Yeah. Um, could we like bump up the three big ones? And then if you want to do like sweep up yep. the rest, just that I could, cause I think I'll have to leave. I just set up Jessica with her TV and her dinner next door, but, um, I just made, I made the unborrowed time, which is fine. Okay. And, and if I need to bounce, you know, you guys can do whatever you want, but if we could do at least do, do like demon yeah, souls yeah, and yeah. stuff, totally. That'd be good. Um, and that MacBook that they give to everybody, like does not like being on an external monitor oh. where it's like you get one tab that has like just one ad that's like crummy and it's well rob it's a lot like a playstation 4 running last of us part two uh, <laughs> so that's interesting i've heard a lot of people talking about that i have the basic one not the pro and it was fucking fine like flawless. that's funny the pro is i like, wonder if it's because it's not doing as much like it's not trying to do as right. much i mean right. it's like a chronic ps4 like the ps4 yeah, has always wild. been very i've also heard that the ps4 pro changed um 
to address some of those issues like during its production run. So it's like if you got like the early PS4 Pros, it's the 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 noise stuff is is louder. But yeah, no, I eventually I've been playing upstairs because of the kids, so I had headphones on anyway. But then once I started playing and hearing the loudness of the 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 PS4, I was like, oh, well, I need to have headphones on regardless because I would have to turn it up so loud <laughs> to hear if anything was going <laughs> right. on. And then all of a sudden, I'd throw a fucking gun, you know, some trap mine and. <laughs> How oh, excited to hear about this bullshit. Okay. Han, when you have one second, this is an urgent glasses repair happening. Oh. oh, hey, understandable. But also the dog has recovered a toy that I very pointedly took away from her. <laughs> and <laughs> it's a... So, uh, you know how you know dogs love the bully sticks, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, there's that food. Good timing. But the issue, the issue is that, like, by the by the time it's just a little nub and a bully stick, um, Mina will just be like, eh, there's only like two inches left of this hard, inflexible thing. I'm just going to mm-hmm. snarf it. Yep. And I would really rather not have yeah, that makes do sense. that, given that like her only like emergency pet trips have been because like she upset her stomach. No. Oh. Uh, so we found this place uh, that makes, first of all, uh, really like they have a variety of like bully sticks sorted by length and girth um but also they have bully stick holders so your dog can't do that and like it is a hard uh rubber that is super stiff but like you can't get the bully stick out and uh so mina is just flinging that thing around the room and uh (laughs) it's annoying as hell Oh my god. At least Rob. she's having fun. I I would love to know. Like I got to believe that um the release of the Mass Effect Andromeda like changed how seriously marketing teams take memes. Right? Sure. Like I I imagine they are way more tuned in now to be like how is this being received? Is this going to become a parody by the time wow, it, look the at, game look launches? At, uh, look at Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Look at him. Just look at that just piece Just fucking of shit. look at that guy. Actually, that movie was all right, and James Marsden is very charming. <laughs> yeah, that movie was fine. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, that movie, second highest grossing movie of the year so far. Yeah. Well deserved. <laughs> Honestly? Wait, is it only losing the cats? <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, give, me, give me just a second to find where I put this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My email client has not been opened on this computer in three months and is just like having a heart attack. <laughs> trying to sync email with a server. Syncing with a server? I hate, using, over there? I, I hate using Gmail. I always use like a dedicated client. You need like a, you need an Outlook or like a mail? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I tried using the windows one. I ended up on like this EM client. I don't know. I tried like six of them and then settled on this one. Like I, um, I, I don't like having a lot of tabs, like great shock that like, I, I don't you know, that fits like so many other parts of my personality, but, um, mm-hmm. I like having it in a discreet app. that's just like, cool. I'm an email, like time to time to take care of that. Uh, yeah, I get you. Uh, Jesus, I just have to open this up in Gmail. We're back again. Yep. All right. Starting clean. There we go. Okay. 
Uh, 10 seconds. Sure. What? Oh, you have an AC. Wow. That's, you know what? I just needed to leave for you to get your life together. And I just had, that's exactly right, Patrick. That's exactly right. My room is a fucking mess, but whatever. Listen, you got Look, an AC. That's all that matters. Oh, Patrick, guess what? Mm. Me and David got approved today for I our first apartment together. It's a backyard, New York City, baby. Backyards Holy are great. Shit. Backyards you know? are great. Backyards are great. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. Congrats. <laughs> I'm so it's we we got him to lower the price of twenty three fifty also for nice. two bedroom. Good. Yeah, which is really a criminal <laughs> honestly <laughs> in the neighborhoods we were looking at is it a it's a like legit where two bedroom where, where will you be um we're in uh what's technically crown heights but it's like a block away from bedsty so it's like pretty much right in between so we're a 20 minute walk from where i currently live i'm moving okay. That's not too bad. Um, nice. and yeah it's a legit two bedroom one of them is a little bit smaller but they're both big enough to fit a bed in Sick. so mm-hmm. yeah yeah so we're going to have an office There's where I will be podcasting space. from. Yeah, right. exactly. We both needed one. So cuz he also will be podcasting at home. <laughs> yeah, so Hell yeah. And Congrats. The backyard. I know, I can't believe it's real. It's all real. It's really happening. <laughs> I know. It's all happening. We're all moving to the next generation of our lives. <laughs> damn it. Uh, this is going out tomorrow, correct? Yes. Um, Gita, I want you to turn your gain down a bit. Okay. Last time you were peaky. Um, Okay. Thank you. I will help you, Kato. I will do this for you. (laughs) Yeah, that's just what I say about Gita all the time, you know, just, you know, just a little peaky, you know, but it's (laughs) endearing. Usually I am, it's true. Um, meow, 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 meow. Uh, there you go. I spend so much time alone now that all my habits that I do when I'm just hanging out by myself are coming out at other times. <laughs> Meowing into the microphone. Yeah. In, like independent musician, Japanese breakfast, just liked my tweet oh, sick. referring to the PlayStation 5. It looks like a vagina. <laughs> Shout out to Japanese breakfast. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> She's Amazing. a real gamer, I can tell. It's true. Um, Amazing. are we ready to do this, this thing? Honestly, when yeah. I went to Japan, the breakfast were the hardest part. Everything's cold. And I, yeah. just, I didn't, mm. I just don't like That's respect. You want. You want do what you breakfast. like. Your culture is your culture, but your culture can is someone, the Midwest, can someone microwave so. these eggs yeah. for me. Yeah, you know, like, your culture is your culture and your culture is five course meal for breakfast. Uh. So. Can I get some ramen for breakfast instead, please? <laughs> God. Um, all right. I'm recording. Everyone. I'm doing recording. my Going to I'm recording, bias. baby. Uh, are we all ready to clap? Mm. Yeah. All right. Let's do 39 seconds. Okay. Patrick, did Patrick, you clap? Guys, not Patrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin, I opened time that is it 37 seconds. Yeah. Did Patrick not clap? I clapped. Okay. okay. Then we're good. Stealth clap. I did not see clap. it. 